Hi, do you want to go to a party with me? No, the game's on. Oh, I almost forgot. I'll be right there. We like sports and we don't care who knows. From shooting hoops to the Super Bowl. We like sports and we don't care who knows. Football, football, football. Welcome back to the Next Level Nerd Sports Podcast. I am Frank Conti, and with me as always is my co-host Bronson Allman, and we're back for another week of sports talk. And we had a little bit of a fun experiment last week. A lot of you tuned in uh, or are checking it out now that it's archived. We did a Facebook Live uh, where we kind of skipped doing a normal podcast episode and got on Facebook, and Bronson and I uh, kind of did a Manning cast uh, kind of thing for the Steelers-Vikings game. So... That was a ton of fun. We got some great feedback, a lot of questions in the comments, a lot of participation from you fans out there. Um, we want to just say thank you to everybody that contributed to that. Um, but no, Bronson, we're excited to have a, a kind of a regular podcast episode tonight where we go over a multitude of topics. You know, last week was just Steelers football, and tonight we want to tackle um, what's going on in the NFL for sure and kind of look at the, the final stretch and, and the playoff run and we're going to talk about uh, the big Formula One championship race uh, that Bronson uh, talked about last episode. Um, we'll talk. We'll we'll do some hockey talk where we'll go take a skate around the league and talk about the pens, and uh, and then we'll have uh, our ever popular final thoughts segment where we Bronson and I bring up something we're passionate about or we want to shed light on, um, or some breaking news that's going on in the sports world. So it's going to be a, another great episode. Um, might be our last of the year. We'll have to see how the schedules work out, but with Christmas and new year's coming, um, we, we will see if Bronson and I can get together for a short episode in the coming weeks. But, uh, if it is, we just want to wish everybody a happy holiday season and to everybody's families. And, you know, if you're sitting around the fire looking for something to do, uh, dig into some of our archives and listen to some past episodes and, and, uh, and and hit that like and that share button for us. But Bronson, I'll bring you in uh, the, the Collinsworth slide. Um, my co-host co Bronson, we had a blast <laughs> on the Facebook Live, and I know you're excited to get a, a full episode in tonight. So just uh, no, update. yeah, we had a fun up, we had a fun time last week, Frank, and it was kind of one of those things. That I was kind of uh, what's the word looking for apprehensive. To kind of really pro push the live edition of the, of the Facebook, the fan, you know, the dealer's yeah. live stream, because we didn't we didn't really know if it was going to take off or if it was even going to work. So to about like 10 minutes before we kicked, they kicked the ball off. Yep. And it worked well. And uh, everyone who participated, we thank them for uh, for doing so. They popped in for a, a hot second and then left or whatever. And certainly the, the second part of that game, uh, they didn't um, they didn't. Uh, Dude, the Steelers didn't do too well, in the, you know, at least the, the first half and uh, some of that third quarter. So for people who did leave early, we certainly couldn't blame you considering the situation of the game. Uh, but for those who did, and there were, frankly, there were people who did stay with us and uh, they, they got to see a funny ending. They got to see uh, kind of us out of our shell a little bit. They got to see me, uh, uh, as John Travolta says in that, as, as he plays Santa Claus in that uh, Capital One commercial, Samuel Jackson, I... I needed to drop some of the naughty words there that I, that I said there, and we'll get into that here in a second of why I said that word. Um, but no, it was fun. Uh, thank everyone for participating, and uh, we're going to do another one. We're definitely going to do another one. I know my um, my friend Alan, Alan Reiner, I give him a shout out because he's always listening. He said maybe uh, maybe the Peach Bowl would be a good uh, a good opportunity to do so because he's a pit guy like we are. That and, or, uh, uh, he's inviting me actually somewhere to watch the game. Nice. And he goes, could you do an on location with us? And I said, no, nah, yeah. we've talked about it to you or something. But 
I'd have to see how my my uh, my schedule looks for New Year's Day, but um, yeah, we could do maybe try to do the Peach Bowl or something, or you never know. The Peach Bowl is actually, I think, Thursday the thirtieth. Oh, is it? Uh, oh, I thought so, it was the Peach Bowl. Yeah. yeah, but uh, yeah, if we can make it work, and then, or if not, a Pens game would be fun to do. Yeah, um, we could do the, 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 the everything's everything is you know the limit the the sky's the limit. Since we, we know how do. to do it now, yeah. Yeah, now that Frank and I we, we're not a we're not old boomers like we think we are apparently so. <laughs> No, but um, no. Just have, thank you, everyone, if you, you know for tuning in, for staying with us, and and uh, all the feedback was was nothing but great, Frank, and positive. Everyone seemed to really enjoy it. Uh, my brother got on, so that was cool for him. He, I think, uh, you know, he doesn't really. He's not a podcast guy. It's not that he doesn't support the show or things like that, but yeah, you know, he's a father too, with a third on the way, and uh, you know, he said Facebook Live, he's gonna keep the computer on or something, or have it on yeah. his phone while he was watching TV. So. He enjoyed uh, enjoyed it, and uh, he watches the Steeler game any, games anyway. So, that's just what to we watch what happened. Yeah, that's what we yeah, were hoping so. for. No, everyone came in. You know, uh, big shot, another shot to Murray Poindexter for coming on. Uh, a lot of cool questions, fun. great insight by him. Yeah, a lot of good questions by Murray. Very smart guy in sports. Maybe a guy, yeah. that, you know, uh, maybe go down the line. We can have on as a guest because that guy, you know, he's definitely Stuff, on our yeah. on our level in terms of knowledge of of, of, of football and, and mostly almost all things sports. Mm-hmm. But yeah, Frank, um, I'll throw it back over to you to get us uh, kick it into gear. But one little question I didn't have to ask you. You, you did send me a text yesterday, uh, uh, making the rounds here, and and the bird was, uh, our, uh, I don't know how I don't know what chunk of pie he actually has of the Penguins, but LeBron James wearing the the Mario jersey, uh, coming off the, the the trip there. So that that got some big play here in Pittsburgh. King James yeah. wearing. Yeah. Now there's been controversy. Was it a Mario jersey or was it a number six with James on the back? Nobody got a look at the back. People are saying it's not a Mario because there wasn't a Captain C on it. Mm. So people are kind of unsure what it kind of was, but still cool. Maybe he's a John Marino fan. I don't know. (laughs) Still pretty cool to see him do that. Of course, uh, we thought something down the pike would happen like this. Him being kind of part owner now, pretty crazy. Yeah, part of that Fenway Sports Group who now. uh... And it's not. I don't think it's really official, 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 official yet. But yeah. the dots, have, the, the I's have been dotted, the T's have been crossed, and I think the NHL is. A, uh, I think they have the, the approval is the last thing. But I mean, I, no, I, it, it's pretty much going to be Fenway right. Sports. It's going to be the owner. So, no. But uh, that was a cool thing. And uh, with that, we uh, we have the horrible transition into football. I, I didn't <laughs> transition that well, Frank. But um, we did. We did recap last week the Steelers and Vikings, and that that actually got the Week 14 off to the start. So what happened uh, after we turned the record button off last Thursday? Frank's going to be here to give us the recap. Yeah, so Bronson, thanks. There's a lot of good games um, Sunday. Um, NFL getting towards this, the final stretch. Playoff positioning is, is the teams are jockeying for division, division crowns, wild card spots, um, and uh, you know. So so many good matchups this week with with some good storylines. Um, you look at the Cowboys and the Washington football team. I've kind of been a guy. I know you've been a guy high on Washington, uh, even though they're around 500. You know, we kind of have a soft spot and root for them. Um, pre all week, Mike McCarthy with a bold move, and you don't usually hear coaches do this. Guaranteed a win. Um, Dallas kind of reeling lately, kind of just like cruising in that NFC East. Um, they know they're kind of a tier below. The big boys of L.A., Tampa, and Arizona. So they kind of know they sit in that four seed and probably going to win the NFC East. I think they kind of been been skating along. Well, McCarthy fired up his group and guaranteed a win. And they boy did they shoot out of the gate, Bronson. They 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 got up twenty four nothing at the half. And 
similar to the Steelers, um, Dallas kind of let Washington creep back in this thing. It was 27-8 after three, and Washington, you know, got some mop-up touchdowns, but ended up 27-20 in a one-score game, kind of very similar to the Steeler game. And I think it's just kind of this trend, and I don't like it, Bronson, of teams doing this prevent defense when they get leads. I mean, let's step on the gas and put teams away. You're not running up the score in the NFL. I mean, this is professional football. This has been the decades-long story, Frank. And it, We've been it's saying like, this for decades. Yeah, and it's it's cheap stats, and like a lot of people said, look how good a game Ben had. And I like Ben, and I'm not a I'm not a Ben uh, basher, but he, he it was wide open spaces. The Vikings were playing prevent, which is allow defense. And that's that old joke. It's not prevent; it's allow. Um, or the prevent defense prevents you from winning the game. <laughs> right, right. That's one I love too. But yeah, I mean, these it, guys will rack up stats, and which kind of screws fantasy games. It screws. Um, Vegas spreads and things like that. But um, no, that was one of the better games. So Dallas does hold on and they kind of definitely put their foothold on the NFC East now. Um, and we'll look at the scenarios and after this segment of like, who's going to win the division, who's going to win the wild card in our opinion with the, the very cool ESPN NFL playoff machine. That's one of my favorite things, traditions to do every year where you can plug and play some, some final results and see who's going to make it based on what you think is going to happen, but yeah, Frank, was, Frank put that on Frank put that on my radar. I mean, yeah, I thought Johnson was a big fan already, but he had not heard of it yet. So I, he's going to yeah. love it. I sent so him a link. Not, maybe he'll open it up. No, I was going to say, if you, if you're listening and you had no clue what that was, uh, I'm with you. I'm, I'm, I'm with yeah. you tonight, audience. I don't know what's going on here, but Frank's going <laughs> to, he's going to punch in our predictions and we're going to, and I'll share a see. link in the comments when I post the podcast. So you guys can check it out to the ESPN playoff machine, but, uh, scrolling through the results here, Bronson, a big one was 49ers Bengals. Um, the, the, the kind of classic matchup that Super Bowl rematch from the eighties, you know, you yeah. saw the, the Bengals got their kind of old school uniforms now again, um, and so do the Niners. So this one, you know, didn't bring back memories because Bronson and I were like not born yet or three years old, but brought back memories of seeing those highlights of those Bengals, Niners, Super Bowls, Sam Weish, um, Boomer Esiason, um, uh, Montana to Taylor, Jerry Rice, some of two of the best Super Bowls ever. Collinsworth. <laughs> yeah, the Niners. Niners took both in heartbreaking fashion from the Bengals. So, and th- didn't they do it again, Bronson? In Cincy, 26 23 <laughs> in overtime. Um, and Steeler fans were rejoicing um, as they saw the Niners take this in OT because they, they, Steelers just, let's face it, this Bengal loss or this, this Viking loss, Steelers need a ton of help the rest of the way. They got um, a little bit on Sunday. <laughs> right. So a lot of the results happen, you know, with Vegas losing the Ravens losing. So, but yeah, um, Buccaneers bills Bronson was a super bowl preview, possibly a lot of super bowl people, you know, picks before the year, but, uh, and this was a game Tampa dominated 24 to three at the half. And Buffalo crept back in, forced overtime, had a chance to win it, and there was a terrible non-pass interference call. Um, Josh Allen threw it deep. Guy was totally just mugged. No, nothing called. Turnover on downs. It goes to overtime. Um, Buffalo would have probably had a, a game-winning field goal, but the ref swallowed the whistle and and and, and swallowed the flag. And it it could have been a comeback of the year, an upset of the year candidate. But the Bucks get to OT, and Tom Brady. I don't know if you saw the highlights, but Tom Brady at 44 was doing it with his legs this game, Bronson. If you can believe it, he was scrambling all over the place, getting first downs. Hit, getting the sticks and sliding, you know, he he was smart. He was going down, 
one time he actually did lower the shoulder and kind of a little did a little helicopter kind of almost like Elway and everybody <laughs> held their breath. But he got the extra yard and got the first down. And uh, and in overtime, it was a walk off like 60 yard touchdown to one of the lesser receivers. It wasn't Edwin Evans or Godwin. It was like the third string guy. The, and Scotty he, Miller it, guy, it was Scotty Miller. Might have been, yeah, or sixteen, number sixteen. Oh, Hit him over really. the seam, um, like a like a skinny post, and the you know the both safeties missed him, and he just took it to the house. So walk off, uh, touchdown in OT. The Bucks get the ten and three, their best Jimmy, start. Jimmy Lipper, that's what Dan Patrick always says, and it's like a no name guy calls him Jimmy Lipper. Yeah, um, <laughs> well, it's funny. Not only to cut you off, Frank, but yeah, the Steelers played Thursday, and I was still depressed about the 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 lack of the win, but. Sunday, I decided to go, you know, spend time with some people and do, and do things and kind of just take football off, which I, I guess I kind of can't for doing this podcast. I got to be in the know. <laughs> I was like, I'll watch highlights tonight. And then I literally realized when I was out having fun that I was like, I forgot all about the Tampa Bay Buffalo game. Like, I wanted to watch that. Yeah. <laughs> and so I had to go back and watch highlights. And then the NFL Network is very good in bringing those back. So some of what you, you just mentioned, I did see that, but in highlights and I'm like watching clips on YouTube. But I do admit Another, that I dropped, I dropped the ball on that. I was like, oh, that was the game I wanted to <laughs> <yeah>. see. <laughs> another fun nugget from that game, Bronson. Um, Brady was at another milestone. He was at 699 um, touchdown passes. And um, they actually had yeah. staff in the end zone to make sure the receiver didn't throw it into the crowd. So <laughs> whenever... Um, Again, I forgive me, I forget the receiver that caught it, but a bunch of staff converged on him right after he caught the ball. <laughs> I did not see that. To avoid that, you know, $60,000 Bitcoin, you know, bribery stuff. Um, they just, they like, all con- they just like secret service and they just surround yeah. him like talking. It was so down. funny. Um, so that one was good, Bronson. And just scrolling through uh, another game that was really billed as, um, no pun intended, as I talk about the bills. Um, it was billed as like a game of the weekend that was Vegas and Kansas City. And I don't know if you saw the the controversy here was the, the Raiders kind of danced on the Chiefs logo before the game. This. And that's something you don't want to poke the bear. Like, come on, it, Raiders. And and that's a Gruden thing I can see, but not a, this new coach. I, I, I think he's like a, a tough as nails, no nonsense guy. He couldn't have liked that or they had to have organized that behind his back. So. Who knows if it motivates the Chiefs or not, but they just blow the doors off the Raiders. 48-9. Um, the game never in question. Mahomes threw five touchdowns. Um, Edwards Elair is really coming back into form after the injury. And don't look now, but at nine and four, the Chiefs have kind of got right, as we've been saying over the last few weeks. And they are the Chiefs of old. And they are you have their sights set on an AFC West crown and you know a, a, a number one seed home field advantage. They're creeping up on you know the leaders in the AFC, Tennessee and New England. So peaking at the right time for sure. Um, as they play tonight uh, behind Bronson, there we we both have it on there the Thursday night slate. So if you hear us pause for a second, we're probably watching Chargers Chiefs. But uh, but no Bronson, that was another good one. So the Chiefs just blow the Raiders away. Another thing, I the figured, Raiders. Go ahead. No, so I figured. I figured Kansas City, you know, Kansas City had some very, uh, they had some very disappointing losses to start the year, and one of them was to the Raiders early in the year. So I knew, I, part of in the back of my mind, I figured that uh, Vegas was getting their receipt back, and uh, they they slowly got into this, they slowly got into this game. 
Um, same thing with tonight. The Chargers went into Arrowhead and stole one earlier this yeah. year. So the, the Chiefs want revenge tonight. So that's why I picked Kansas City to win this game. It's hard to beat the Chiefs two times in a year. Um, and last year, Bronson, I was about to say, um, the Raiders won in Arrowhead and took two victory laps around the stadium in the team bus. So some more taunting. And the Chiefs, were they remembered that and, uh, and, and just blew out the Raiders. And then I would say the last good game of the week, Bronson, was Ravens-Browns. Um, well, there's one more. Monday Night Football was good, and I'll get to that last. But Ravens-Browns, a huge ASC North matchup. You know, the, the old rivals, the Browns, the Ravens were the Browns. Um, first place kind of on the line, or, or, you know, wild card supremacy on the line. Um, Lamar Jackson hurts the ankle early in the game, and that's a big storyline going forward, Bronson, because his his status is questionable for this week against the uh, the Packers. Um, but Tyler Huntley comes in and does well. Um, he's a guy that's like a, a you know kind of plays similar to Lamar. Um, kept the Ravens in the game, and I think Bronson pr- kind of comically, um, Baltimore missed a two point conversion late that would have tied it. So they've oh, kind of no. been they've kind of <laughs> been bitten by the two point bug. Um, as Edwards Elair has it in the red zone, gonna be Harbaugh. Ooh, I mean, bitch. Harbaugh, Harbaugh got some, he, he got some guts, you know, especially against Pittsburgh going for that two point yeah. conversion. Call and, him and then obviously now coming back here against the Cleveland that does the same thing. So, and then Bronson, finally, the Monday nighter. I had a keen eye on this because of our pit fandom. Um, and two, I mean, honestly, two player of the year candidates, um, from Pitt, James Connor. Finding the fountain of youth, or not really the fountain of youth, he's still only 26, but staying healthy and finding a fit in Arizona in the desert. He is their, Tell their, me about it. <laughs> he is their feature back, and he is their, one of their leading receivers. And everybody said he's just a between-the-tackles runner. He's never going to be Lev Bell. And, you know, the Steeler fans and Steeler, I think, you know, brass, um, kind of post-Levy on Bell, kind of was unfair to Connor. And... I don't think he was used correctly. And then, of course, the injuries nobody can account for. But good for him. He goes to Arizona, and he is a focal point of Kyler Murray's offense and Cliff Kingsbury out there. As they are are 10-3 and and, you know, right in the hunt for the first round bye and the top seed in the NFC. Um, And then Aaron Donald on the other side. Everybody knows about the Defensive Player of the Year trophy case and, you know, perennial MVP candidate. Um, they were spotlighted. Lewis Riddick was in the booth. He was talking about, these are my pit guys. <laughs> I mean, it's just a great time to be a pit fan. We'll talk a little peach bowl later. Um, but yeah, I mean, they were featured on, on screen graphics, like the two stars from pit. Like it was just great to watch. And the game comes down to the wire, Bronson. It was back and forth. Um, Cardinals actually got a field goal to get within seven with like 20 seconds left and then had a successful onside kick. So the, it was high drama. Um, they got the ball back, needing a touchdown with no timeouts. And boy, Aaron Donald and company just swallowed up Kyler Murray. One, two, three, couple of sacks, clock runs out. And it was kind of depressing. I thought Arizona might drive and make it interesting at the end, like the end of that Packer game was, where it was like, you know, a, the final play was an interception. But um, no, Aaron Donald, they, the, their defense got home and just sacked Murray. And, you know, uh, with time ticking and no timeouts, a sack's just something you can't have. And time ticked away. Um, I there was some strategy going on that which me and you love being the you know sports nerds um and I agreed with it it was Riddick and and Greasy saying that Kingsbury should have kicked the field goal as soon as he got in field goal range there was a minute 20 left they got in the field goal range even on first down trot out Matt Prater 
kick the field goal, and then do the onside kick because you need the field goal anyway. So they tried three more plays that took off another 30 seconds, and yeah. it was fourth down anyway, and they kicked the field goal and cost themselves 30 seconds. And it's not yeah, like they were, the clock, time off the clock. Yeah, so that was kind of a little thing that, like, the analytic game, you know, the Lane Kiffin stuff, like, yeah, what are the odds plays there? Um, they were, a lot of the guys were like, he should have just kicked the field goal as soon as they got it in field goal range, then tried the onside kick. But, um, you know, I could see going for the touchdown if you, if you have a big play and you're in the red zone, but they got it to like the 33 and it would have been a 50 yarder, which for Prater is, is, is a chip shot. Um, as soon as they got it to the 33 trot out Prater, um, but but no, they it, the, the the onside kick was awesome. Prater kind of just bunted the ball. Um, that that style of onside kick, he's actually um, been successful on four of his last like nine, which is like crazy insane almost stat. Fifty um, percent, almost. Yeah, it, and the league average is like twelve percent. Um, <laughs> he did a little butt and follow it himself, and I don't know if he recovered it, but it was like really. It, it really worked out and they got I, up. I and, did that one time. Yeah. Yeah. So, but it was all for not the Rams get the big win and that was a two game swing Bronson. Cause the, the Cardinals could have, could have gone up two games on the, or three games on the Rams, but the Rams win and, and pull within one. So need, the NFC, yeah. the NFC West is wide open now. Um, so yeah, a great weekend of action Bronson. I touched on the good games, um, with playoff implications. Um, I don't know it, if, from what you saw in a little bit of the highlight watching you did, um, what, what stood out to you? Anything? Um, honestly, I gotta be honest. Like I, like I mentioned earlier, I was, I was a little upset. I didn't get a chance to watch the live, the Patriots, um, the bills bucks game. Um, then one thing I realized too, is I didn't watch any of the, most of the other NFC, AFC North games. Okay. So then I see the results and I just go, I go, as bad as the Steelers did on Thursday, you know, they, they came back, but they still lost. And I was just looking, and I was like, you know, the AFC North does Pittsburgh a favor. And it's like, it's not the fact that, like, <laughs> it's not that, you know, the Steelers are this, the Steelers are that, are they a playoff team or they're not a playoff team. It's that even when the Steelers go down in the depths of despair, <laughs> the other three teams always seem to lose a really pivotal right. game, and, and it just gets them back, gets the hopes back up, you know what I mean? Like, and it's just like, oh, my Lord. Um but that was kind of what I what I what I was, what I was taking out of that uh, out, out of the week there. But um, uh, the buck you know he said you know Bill uh, Bucks and and Bills um, kind of looking through here. Frankie wanted to look a little bit. Uh, you know Titans beat the Jags. That was nothing surprising there. And we'll get to the Jags here in just a second. Um, you know a lot of other games are games that were the scores that you know the Saints beat the Jets pretty good. But I knew the Kansas City uh, Vegas game as you mentioned. I, I knew Kansas City was getting that game back. You know, they remembered that that loss early in the year. Uh, Falcons beat the Panthers. I was one you uh, you filled there, there, Frankie. I did see that um, rule came out and said that Cam's going to be the starter the rest of the year. Okay. So they will. Get, they are going to ride and die with Cam. It looks like from here on out. And yeah, like I said, um, Bill the the Ravens and Browns and Huntley. I tell you what, for being a backup quarterback, you know, a guy like him, uh, just uh, he he he's called him last second to, to kind of get it together, and he does, and uh, that's crazy. And then, like you think about it, like uh, I was just looking right there. I was going to see if I skipped the the, the Niners Bengals game. Of course, like I said, 
The AFC North did, did, did Pittsburgh some help. The Packers-Bears game you didn't mention, Frank. That was the, mm-hmm. the big rivalry game, but uh wasn't really much of a rivalry. And it really hasn't been much of a rivalry lately when the Packers been taking care of business. Right. And uh, you so eloquently recapped the game on Monday night. Uh, so this was kind of like, I guess this was kind of maybe Bronson Almonds by week uh, <laughs> this week because I didn't watch any game Sunday. But mm-hmm. I, I did watch the, you know, the highlights of the Kansas City-Vegas game and the uh, Buffalo-Tampa Bay game. But... Uh, that, but yeah, the overall what I saw coming out of Week 14 was that uh, the Bengals, Browns, and Ravens helped the Steelers. <laughs> they helped the Steelers out. So that's where that's at. And um, I still can't believe the Patriots are, are the top of the AFC East. I still, yeah, I still can't believe that. I mean, if Belichick doesn't win like Coach of the Year, I don't know. I don't know how you, know. you don't give it to him because I mean, just it's insane. But he has the formula. He takes a one year of tanking. Um, Gets a lot of his COVID sit-outs back, um, cleared cap space, got his young, cheap quarterback. You know, that's uh, an easy way to win is with a, a you know a rookie contract quarterback because you can spread the cap cap space yeah. elsewhere. And they have that formula until Mac Jones, you know, four or five years until he, re- you know, has to resign. So look out for the Patriots. It's it's a, definitely a formula. The Steelers did it with early Ben. Um, you can have a stacked roster if you have a cheap quarterback. It's a, it's a great formula. Yeah. But no, that's that's what I came away. And then um, anything else we need to touch before we go into this this preview game? Because uh, oh no, um, no, we'll cover that when we cover the Steelers here. And no, I think I think now probably a good time to cover it, Frank. With uh, uh, so after we left you last Thursday with the uh, the, the live watch along, obviously a lot of controversy surrounding that Steeler game how it ended. And obviously the big play, Frank, that everyone was talking about was when Chase Claypool made that catch. He makes the catch and he goes to, you know, he does, he extends the ball, does the first down. Except the dope doesn't realize that the clock's running and they have to get the ball and clock it. And I want to say, who was it? Uh, was it Green? Or no, was it? Uh, no, it was uh, Trey Turner. Trey Turner, the former Charger. The veteran. He took the ball out of it. He tried to rip the ball out of his hands and give it to the refs so they can clock the ball. And then Claypool got mad at him. Yeah. <laughs> Messed up his sticker, his touchdown stick. And it just shows, Frank, it just shows the, the complete lack of awareness that Chase Claypool has in that situation. Yep. It's, you know, you know, Mark Madden's been jokingly calling him AB Jr. Jr. He calls. I, yeah, his, I love saying that. Yeah. He calls Juju AB Jr. And, you know, when Chase Claypool makes behaviors like that, and Frank, he didn't even apologize. He basically doubled down on it and said he was mad at Turner. Yeah. And the he like he that. said, "I I was doing my first down thing. Like it's yeah, I was doing my first down thing. It's this young generation, Bronze, and we touched upon it. It's getting sickening. And AB started it. Juju continued it, and now Claypool. And this is starting to make older Steeler fans. Yeah, we are the. We may sound like the get off our lawn crowd, but this isn't the Steeler tradition. Tomlin needs to get a hold of this team. It was a bad look. It was embarrassing. Um, Ben it cost him of, at least. It, it, it cost him a play." Ben skirted the issue because he's on his way out, but that's five years ago when Ben was more invested. I think he's a guy that grabs him by the face mask on TV and says, what are you doing, kid? Like, you have to make an example of him. And uh, he's he Tomlin said in the press conference, it's a teaching moment. So we'll see if behind closed doors they're talking about, you know what, in two minute drill late in the game, hand the ball to the ref. You know, I don't care about celebrations in third quarter, but maybe let's stop the 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 late game ones and let's stop the ones when we're down three touchdowns. Like yeah. I didn't like the I didn't like the posing after the interception down twenty nine nothing either. So. <laughs> yeah, 
No, it's and like you said, it's just that that, that lack of humility, that lack of awareness. Mm-hmm. Like you know, they just don't realize that you know they're the ones being laughed at. At the Point end of the for day, the name on the back of the jersey and not the front. Yeah, thanks, Herb Brooks. But yeah, hey. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, no, I mean, no, absolutely. And obviously, if you if you go back and watch the Facebook Live, you get to see my raw reaction and how angry. At first, I didn't think it was anything big until I realized. How long it took, and then I rewatched you know, it too. Yeah, both you reacted. Like, more. what are you doing with this first? I did like the point. <laughs> yeah, you kind of freaked out about it first, Caught and it. I was trying to yeah. calm down, calm you down, and then I saw the replay <laughs> of exactly what happened. And like, and then I, it took me a second to realize that, oh yeah, oh yeah, the the clock's still running when he's doing that. The media so, killed him. Pompiani killed him. Ryan Clark killed him. Um, yeah. It cost him one extra play because that Friermuth fi- final play was not fourth down. No, like we would have had another shot at it. <laughs> Yeah, so what could have been Thursday, but um, I don't know if it, the theme last week we were talking about what's that. Uh, um, I still forget to say, you know, <laughs> it, uh, morale when when morale wins, you know, went for the old morale. Moral victories. Moral victories. Thank you. I knew it was, we were saying that last week. Somebody yeah. said a good line. You know what close almost comeback games are? They're losses. <laughs> Near comebacks, you know what they are? They're losses. They're losses. Yeah, so they still lost. <clears throat> Minnesota couldn't have been too excited about how they played either. So, I mean, yeah. they 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 they're te- they had a teachable moment too, but they, they let us off the hook. The- <laughs> yeah, they they took they took that win and Denny Green, you know, let them off the hook. So, but no, Frank, that's how that recapped on week 14 there and um and we, um, before I think we go into the, the 15 preview, we have to cover basically what's happened in the NFL this week. Not a whole lot, except today, um, some stories have been coming out all year. We've our boy Urban Meyer has been uh hot to trot this year in terms of all these off the field stuff. Uh, what happened in that Columbus, Ohio bar he owns or something, and then uh, what players had said. Apparently, Marvin Jones walked out of the team last last week or whatever it was, or week before, or a couple weeks ago, um, having an altercation with Urban Meyer. And then a couple of days ago, Josh Lambeau, uh, the former kicker, goes to the Tampa Bay Papers, talks about Urban Meyer and during a, a warm-up uh, before the last week of the preseason, they're stretching, and he kicked him in the leg. And and uh, and I, uh, I'm not going to swear, but I would like to, uh, um, you know, what he said. They basically said, like, you know, make make the MF and kick or something like that. He called him a, a dip bleep or something like that. Uh, um, uh, Shad Khan <laughs> had finally had enough. <laughs> Shad Khan had finally had enough. Exactly. Uh, and so, hey, uh, yes. Yeah, so, yeah. So, Urban Meyer kicked kicked Lambo in the leg and said, "Dip bleep." You may, next time, make the mf and kick. And and I think Lambo said something like, "Don't you ever effing kick me again?" And <laughs> Urban Meyer said, "I'm the ball coach. I can do whatever I want." Or something <laughs> like that. What a jerk. So, he is so hated. Uh, it's funny because I'm looking up the Urban Meyer thing, Frank, and uh, there's a, a Fox News uh, article. This is Fox News. It's not Fox Sports. But Urban Meyer's, I guess, daughter's speaking out? <laughs> yeah, of course. Everybody has keyboard warrior syndrome and gets on Twitter. Yeah, it said uh, vows a- war after <laughs> – Urban Meyer's daughter vows war after Jags fire coach. I think you just released the Kraken in me. Release the Kraken! <laughs> <laughs> There you go, Seattle. You got you got your first big super fan, Urban Meyer's daughter. <laughs> I think uh, one of his daughters went to Penn State, so that like rumored uh, would he ever coach there, but never happened. Yeah, and I'm um, you know I can't 
walk back what I said about Urban Meyer going to USC because I was excited about that possibly happening. Yeah. But that's before all I said knew that they had a chance to get Lincoln Riley. Yeah. So in the order of who I wanted, I obviously would want Lincoln Riley over Urban Meyer. But that's to say we couldn't have gotten Lincoln Riley or USC could not have gotten that Lincoln Riley. Uh, Urban Meyer probably would have been the guy they, the, that they wanted. But uh, uh, Urban Meyer's legacy as a coach has never been doubted on the, the collegiate level, Frank. It's just uh, we've heard these stories from when he was in – uh, Florida and uh, very a couple, a few of them when he was in Ohio State. Uh, Urban Meyer's not necessarily a great person, Frank. <laughs> right. He's not, he's not a sta- he's not a very great person. Uh, he's a football coach. He's paid to win games and uh, and he he that he had had done that on the coll- collegiate level. But taking on the NFL, we are coaching grown adult men and not kids who are playing on a scholarship or playing you know for the love of the game. You're coaching million dollar athletes, and they're not going to tolerate uh, some of the things that maybe you could get away with, with you know, the, some of the things you coach in the college levels. So it would have been funny, you know. I doubt that he would have talked that way and kicked like a middle linebacker. He picks oh, on no question. He picks on the <laughs> kicker, and Josh Lambeau could probably kick the crap out of Urban Meyer. I mean, anyway, but yeah, yeah, he he would have never done that to uh, I can't name a Jaguar, but somebody on like. A, <laughs> Can't name a Jaguar. <laughs> he, he wouldn't have done that to their middle linebacker or their running back. He, would, he wouldn't have did that to Joe Schubert when he said that Joe Schubert was a rah rah guy. Right. So long time coming. I could see it happen. I thought it would happen in the off season. I thought it would be one year and done. Um, guys, some guys just don't translate. We saw it not work for Nick Saban. Um, no. It did work for Pete Carroll. He was one that kind of figured it out. The old ball coach. Um, yeah, Steve Spurrier, real quick stint with the with the football team. Um, it's just not – it wasn't Urban Meyer's thing. I don't know why he took the job. He, he, his ego got in the way. He thought he could turn around the terrible Jaguars, and it would be look at the savior. But 13 games in, just a total disaster. I thought he might get fired after the nightclub thing because, remember, he, he let his team fly back by themselves. And then he stayed. Stayed in Columbus or where he's from. You know, He does have it's a house wild. there, so I get it, but – um, yeah, to not go on the team flight, not get reprimanded after that. Then a married man be like grinding on a college girl, kind of a bad look, <laughs> bad PR for the team. Um, and, and then, then allegedly, and, then, he told, and I guess he told, like, I guess in a, in a meeting, he told all the assistant coaches that they stuck, <laughs> they sucked. God, like, yeah, look yourself in the mirror. Maybe, maybe you're the problem. I would have loved for a, one of his players to slug him. Like, just, just wipe that smirk that he always has on his face right off and just, and just nail him. Um, but no, they get the ultimate revenge because they get him run out of town. Uh, I believe they're Daryl Bevel, the defensive coordinator, takes yes. over for the final four games, and there'll be a coaching search in the offseason. I'm sure Black Monday will have five or six openings around the NFL. Um, at Jacksonville with Trevor Lawrence um, and that young James Robinson there. I know one one Jaguar, the running back undrafted James Robinson, um, is a pretty good player. Um, they might be an attractive job to somebody. I see a... I see them just going a, a quiet route, not the big splash because they, they did with Urban Meyer and bringing in like a, you know, a coordinator from the Patriots or a coordinator from the Chiefs. Maybe this is Eric Bieniemy's chance finally. Um, no, 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 no. A, hey, I can't believe you didn't, you didn't mention who I thought you were going to mention. For the Jags job? Yeah. Um, see if he thinks about it. Josh McDaniels? No. Guys, no. Frank's not even thinking about it. You ready? Yeah, go for it. Byron Leftwich. Wow, yeah, because he's ex Jaguar. OC for Tampa. Very good hot take. Write that one down. 
Bronson Allman calling it right now. Leftwich to catch I, I like that. Played there. Yeah. Right. You know, that maybe he has a guy. chance. Maybe it's his turn to be a head coach. You know what, what he's that done with be. Tom Brady in Tampa. And you know, the NFL loves giving minority coaches a chance. So I would, I definitely think he gets an interview. That's a good call by you. Yeah. But no, finally, just happy to see it. Not a big fan of Urban Meyer, as many people are not outside of Columbus, Ohio, and Gainesville, Florida. Um, pretty much hated everywhere. Um, it's his ego. It's his his. his it's, a, it's always been known too that he like he just doesn't care about his players. That's all I've heard in stories. He's, he's just about how good you are to him on the team. You know, there's Why? a lot of great coaches who who invest in the human, the, the human uh, person, the person. Like Nick Saban's always been a person who's looked out for his players, from what mm-hmm. I hear. You know, he looked out for the young man. And and uh, Urban, you know, I'm sure there are stories where Urban has looked out for And I'm sure those people were five-star recruits and stuff. I'm sure he's not looking out for the, the third-string wide receiver. Yeah. Uh, but, you know, I'm sure Nick Saban is, is selfish to a point sometimes too. But you're not hearing these stories from Saban. Oh, another uh, nugget on that, just to touch on that point. Somebody said uh, he was asked at a press conference if a certain player would get more snaps this week. And he said to the reporter, well, we, we got him, you know, five or six. We got him a handful of snaps last week. And he, you know, he progressed and uh, he's looking good out there. And I think he'll see the field more. They went back and, and checked. The, the guy didn't play a down. So like, he's just he, he's just like out of touch, unaware, like to, making things up. And that was his final press conference. So we won't see it again. But he'll land on his feet, Bronson. and he'll get a. Where's he going, Frank? Where's Urban Meyer go? Well, I mean, the obvious choice. I don't know. He's so tainted. I don't know if he can get back into coaching soon. Um, but the, you know, the the odds are the. the I don't think off- he ever goes back into the NFL again. Right. No. But I, I bet you there's a, there's a college that would take a chance at him. Well, you were saying off air. I was saying like a second chance. You like a small school. Um, and then try to you know do good there and see if a big. I think Division One. I, I think I think there's a Division One coach, who would you know maybe if it's oh, even yeah. like you know like it's funny. I don't think it, I don't have any insight there, and I'm just this is a, an example school. I'm not saying that you would go there. Yeah. Maybe since he's an Ohio guy, then you have your Ohio State, your Ohio not Ohio State, your Ohio State schools, schools in the state of Ohio. Yeah, maybe your maybe your YSU's or what your. Uh, yeah. Bowling Green's right. Bowling Green's in Ohio. Recently. I believe he has, he has Bowling Green was his very start, so that yeah. would be like a nice um a, a bow. <laughs> Bowling Green would be tying a bow on it because that's where he got his start before yeah. Utah. Even before Alex Smith in Utah, he was coach at Bowling Green. Kent State, but, Akron. Dayton. What about if what about if Luke Fickle leaves Cincinnati? The Cincinnati. Wow, yeah, I didn't think about that. Yeah, and Fickle was the guy that replaced him on Ohio State. Right, so that would be kind of a kind of a paradoxical thing there, kind yeah. of an inception. But I, my guess, Bronson, to answer your question, is uh, is the TV booth. Um, yeah. I, I believe and he he's was done, on the big news staff with uh, right. with Brady Quinn, Leonard, he's done work for Fox, um, ESPN will probably reach out, um, Big Ten Network. Um, you know, they're all affiliated. So, and he was a Big they'll Ten. They'll probably co- let this marinate too before they do that. They'll probably. Yeah. Yeah, they'll he'll, sit, he'll probably sit out a year, you know, even by next next fall, next college football season, it might be off people's minds and he'll slide right in as an analyst. But no, I'm kind of happy he's out of the game. I didn't want his his stench on the NFL. He never belonged. Um, nope. So I kind of smiled. That broke at midnight. They kind of tried to slip it in, but I was still awake and it popped up on my phone and I, I gave a, a wry smile at that one just because um, I had been waiting for that to come for sure. So. What else, Bronson, so, around the NFL? What else you got? I know COVID's uh, been hitting the league. 75 new cases. Um, the Browns really hit hard. Um, Stefanski, Baker Mayfield. Uh, Case Keenum. 
Case Keenum now, I saw today. Yeah, yeah. They, they may have to go to their third string. Oh, my Lord. They, they may they have time to do a negative test, but their game is Saturday against the Raiders. So yeah, it's one of the Saturday games. That Colts-Patriots uh, game Saturday, too. Right. So, yeah, those would be both I thought, I thought that game was tonight for some reason, but no, it's a Saturday game there for sure. Um, that's going to have Frankie. I'm just trying to think about uh, not no more with the NFL, just kind of seeing where everything kind of plays out. We're, really, we're getting down to the end here, and so um, who's going to slide like in, a good slide out? Yeah, that sounds like a good timing for my playoff machine segment. Can I can I bring it up, Bronson? What do you think, guys? Should then... Yes, <laughs> I'm, I'm curious. Right. Let's do it. Bring it All in. Right. I wish we had some cheap music to bring it in, like yeah, Frank. Bronson, our, our resident segment. music guy, our resident music guy, Bronson has been slipping. I will admit this. <laughs> I didn't. I didn't come up with a jingle for you. So there you go. No, Bronson. So what it is is um, kind of a an algorithm, a um, ESPN.com has been doing this the last five or six years. Um, soon as like week 13 hits. Um, and it's basically a simulation that no matter what game you pick result wise, it will plug in the standing and uh, instantly um, in front of your eyes in real time, update the playoff seating. So you can kind of go win loss, win loss like Francesca. Um, who's going to win, who's going to lose, and then at the end of the day, kind of see where it leaves the playoff standing. So I thought it would be fun for, and we'll try to do this quickly. We won't talk about each game, but um, there's you know there's eight games each week now um, because, uh, or there's 16 games each week because the bye weeks are over um, f- from here on out. And so there'll be 16 games. We'll, me and Bronson will try to come to a consensus on who we think will win that game. I'll plug that result in and we'll let the simulator spit out who's going to be leading the divisions and leading the wild card. So okay. I thought this would be so Bronson, I'll call out the game for you and, and, and we'll kind of try to agree. Um and if if we can't agree, maybe we'll play rock, paper, scissors for it <laughs> on, on the screen. But um so right now, week 15, Chargers Chiefs. Um it's already 10 nothing, so we kind of have a head start on this. Um, would you agree with me that you think the Chiefs are going to win tonight? Um, I'm going to say, and if we do a sound effect when we, we plug it in, can I just use this sound effect? Lock it in. That's me locking okay. it in. Uh, yes, I think because okay. Kansas City lost them early in the year, they're, they're going to be they're going to be L.A. Okay, the Saturday slate. Raiders at Browns. I am saying because of COVID, the Raiders win this game. I agree. Okay. Uh, Patriots at Colts. Colts are a one and a half point favorite against the seven wins in a row Patriots. Do they snap the streak? I say the Colts do win. I say the Colts win because they need that game more. Okay. Panthers at Bills. I think we can agree the Bills will win at home. Carolina, not much to play for. Can Can I assume that one? Okay. Yes, thumbs up. Yes. Jets at Dolphins. Me and you have chronicled how the Dolphins are creeping into the playoff hunt after a two and seven start. I think they beat the the Jets in South Beach. Yes. Lock that one in. Washington football team at the Eagles. This one is tough. Both teams are alive in the playoff hunt uh, for a wild card. Um, It's in Philly. I, I, it's a toss up to me. So I would go with the Eagles at home. I don't know what you think. Yeah, I would say if it was in Washington, go with the football team. But the Eagles won this game. So we haven't gone chalk so far. We picked the Raiders on the road, and we picked the Chiefs tonight. Um, Cardinals at Lions. Um, 
first place against the Cardinals should win that one. Texans-Jaguars doesn't really have an effect. I'll just say the Jaguars rally around their interim coach and get a win at home. Yeah. Dallas at the Giants. The Giants are not technically dead yet. Is that a Sunday night game? Um, that is not. It's a four four thirty game. Is it a Buck and Aikman game? Um, it may be the game of the weekend, Fox. Yep. So unless Dallas us, wins the game. Okay, Dallas. It, yeah, Dallas is they're peaking right now. They they McCarthy fired them up. I'll skip the next one. Uh, I'll go to Bengals at Broncos. Tough one because the, both teams in the race, kinda. Um, in Denver, does Cincy go out west and get a, a big win and, and yes. kind of? So you, that, that kind of puts them in the AFC North driver's seat. We'll check out the standings when we're done here. Falcons at Niners. I think the Niners in San Fran. Yeah. Falcons are kind of a dud this year. Big one in Baltimore. We don't know about Lamar yet. Packers at Ravens. This is probably the Nance Romo game. I got Ravens. You're going to, even if it's Tyler Huntley. It's in Baltimore. Yeah, it's tough. Um, Seahawks at Rams. You got to think the Rams in LA. Seattle's kind of tanking this year. Saints at Bucks. The Saints have been Brady's kryptonite, but it's in Tampa. Probably the Bucks. Okay. Um, and then the Monday nighter is Vikings Bears. Um, Bears kind of out of it. Vikings something to play for. You think the Vikings go into Soldier Field and win? Sure. Or the Bears? Okay. So. I left one game. You may recognize who we did. Yeah, I know. I know you I know left on. Titans at Steelers. Um, do we go with our heads or our hearts? <laughs> I ha- it, it, now, our, 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 our preseason prediction, you had them winning this game. I had them losing. And the, you, the best part about this preview, Frank, uh, well, I guess the game still has to be played on Sunday, but um, – Maybe we won't have to preview this game like three times like we did last year doing it all these big moves. <laughs> we did it like three times, I think. So here's hoping they'll actually they'll, they'll actually play it this week and we don't have to come back in two weeks and preview it again. Here's what I'll say, Bronson. I think the Steelers are garbage and the Titans will probably win. This is a Hines, right? This is a Hines. Hines. Right? Yeah, I will say this. let's I'll this say let's let's put the Steelers in as a win. Stay, lock it in, Bronson. Get the lock it in. Get the sound effect up. I'm locking in the Steelers. <laughs> Just, just for sake of argument to make it fun the rest of the way to see if we can sneak into the playoffs. So where if, if those results hold, Kansas City gets the bye. Tampa Bay gets the bye. Um, Chargers, Patriots, Bengals, Titans, Colts, Ravens make round out the AFC. Who's in? Um, okay. And in the NFC, who's in? Vikings, Cardinals, Niners, Cowboys, Rams, and Packers. All looking okay. up the, at the bye week Tampa. So I'll be quick. Let's go to week 16. So this will be your games around my, my birthday. Um, yeah, this, your birthday. What's your, yeah. This is this is the Steelers going. And I know, I, I, I guess I'm burying because you probably want to leave that for last. But this is the Steelers going to Kansas City. <laughs> yeah, I'll save it for last. I think we both yeah. know we'll pick. But yeah, the, the one o'clock slate starts out with a, a tough one to pick. Niners at Titans. Um Titans have looked good at home. Um, Niners are outside looking at No, they're in. They would be in at um, at eight and six. So this one's tough, Bronson. A lot to play for. No Derrick Henry. Um, I I just got to go with, I guess, as Titans at home if I can't think of anything. Yeah, I always do that. If it's always yeah. a toss-up, I just take the home team. Exactly. Um, another good one, Browns at Packers. 
assuming the Browns are healthy, still tough to win in Lambeau. Yeah, I agree, man. Good boy, the, week 16 is going to be great. Colts at Cardinals. Oh, wow. That's one of those games where I feel like the, the, the Cardinals could sneak up and win it. Yeah, and the Cardinals have been bad at home. The Cardinals yeah. have been, for, for some reason, they are like three and four at home this year. Or Yeah, so do you want to go Colts just to mix it up? What's or do up? you think, or do you think they go, they get it right at home? Who are they playing? The Colts, Colts at Cardinals. I'm, I'm oh, kinda... I thought you said it was Broncos at Cardinals. No, Colts not. at Cardinals with a lot Colts to play. Cardinals. For. Yeah, I, I, I think, I think this is a game that that the Indy needs more than Arizona does too. So, okay, I'll, I'll I'll lock in the the Colts there for a little, so we don't go all chalk. Keep the listeners interested. Lions, Falcons, don't care. I'll throw in Falcons, um, Bucks. <laughs> Bucks at Panthers. It's probably going to be the Bucks. Come on, yeah. Um, oh, another marquee matchup: Ravens at Bengals. Week oh, wow. sixteen. Week sixteen is going to be. Didn't the Bengals bounce them earlier this year? The Bengals boat raced them in Baltimore, so maybe I think Baltimore gets this one back. Revenge game. They right? get this one back. They get this one back. Looks like the Chargers are scored touchdown, so they get back into this one. Justin Herbert ran it in. Um, all right, where did I leave off? Chargers. These Chargers will go into Houston. That should be a win for the Chargers. Yeah. Bronx is watching the highlights. I'll just keep going. <laughs> I'm listening. I'm listening um, Rams at Vikings. Do you think the Rams. Vikings? Rams even in many? Yeah. Okay. Oh, man. And week 16 might be the week of the year, Bronson. Bills at Patriots. Oh, wow. <laughs> Talk about these marquee matchups in week 16. I got Buffalo winning that game. So kind of because it's hard to sweep a team. Okay. Um, Jaguars at Jets in the toilet bowl. Um, <laughs> can I pick? You can pick a tie. Um, I'll say you the pick Jets. It. You pick it. I'll take whatever you pick. The Jets will win at home. Giants and the Eagles, the rivalry matchup in Philly. Uh, I don't know. Philly. Philly. Bears at Seahawks in Seattle. 12th man Seattle wins. Um, Broncos at Raiders, another great matchup. These divisional games late in the year. I say the Raiders get it at home. Yeah. And then, uh, just, I keep, I, I sound like a broken record, but another barn burner Washington at Dallas. Oh, so two weeks later we get the same matchup. Yeah. Except now it's in Dallas. Who did we pick? Uh, well, I guess we didn't pick. No, no, it, yeah, that happened last week. It happened, and, and it was the it was the McCarthy guarantee. Um, and then they I come back two weeks later. Now they, now they come back two weeks later. Like we've been saying, it's hard to sweep a team. And I remember Washington went into Dallas last year and spanked them. I think on Thanksgiving. Um, so I think Dallas wins. I think they remember that Thanksgiving embarrassment. Yes, I'm with you. And then the final game of the week is kind of one that I mean, well, it's it means something. It's Miami at the at New Orleans. Um, it's Monday Night Football. Um, it's in the Superdome in New Orleans. Uh, Miami, something to play for. The Saints really, eh, the Saints are alive. I say the Saints since they do have slight hopes. Um, yeah. Knock off the Dolphins and kind of end that win streak at, at five hard. games. All right. So what did that change, Bronson? Um, Kansas-, <laughs> Kansas City and Tampa would still be the first round by one seeds. Um, Chargers, Titans. Patriots, Ravens, Colts, Bills. So I don't believe any of those changed um, in the AFC. The Eagles and the and the Cowboys would be the first round matchup. So I think that changed with a Philly win. I think they, 
um, bumped out the seven seed. Niners, Packers, Rams, Cardinals. So a little bit of movement there. Let's see what week 17 has. Probably another good slate of matchups. Uh, late in the year, the NFL knows what they're doing with the scheduling. Oh, I, I skipped it. Steelers, Chiefs. Kansas City. Kansas City. <laughs> no way the Steelers are stopping Mahomes. It could get ugly. They're in, it's an arrowhead. In arrowhead. That would the Steelers would fall to seven, seven and one after maybe beating the Titans and getting us excited again. Um, so two weeks to go, Bronson. Falcons at Bills. We'd all think the Bills would take that. I'm just gonna take uh, whoever you whoever you want to take in these games. So you don't have to keep I'll just get tired of this. Um <laughs> Giants. No, keep going. <laughs> it's just fun to see what what happens at the end. Yeah. Giants at Bears. I will think the uh, the Giants with something to play for, kind of steal one in, in Chicago. Chiefs at Bengals will be big. I think the Chiefs riot stay hot and, and beat the Bengals, which might make it interesting for the Steelers. Raiders at Colts. Give me the Colts at home. Jaguars at Patriots. Easy. Panthers at Saints. Probably Saints. Bucks yeah. at Bucks at Jets, uh, Brady at the Jets. You know he's kind is of. Is that a trap game? Could that could that very well be a trap? It could game? be. They love playing against Brady. His 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 son's initials are J. Uh, I think didn't he name his son Jet? I can't remember. I, I think he has a son named Jet, but um, we'll pick Brady in Tampa. Uh, Dolphins at Titans will be a good matchup with playoff implications. Give me the Titans at home though. Um, Eagles at Redskins. Oh, I said it. Eagles at football team. Um, Put a, put a dollar in the swear jar. Um, give, me, give me Washington at home, the rebound after losing at Dallas. Big one in, in L.A., Broncos, Chargers. I like the Chargers at home. Uh, Niners will beat the Texans. Oh, a good one. An old NFC East matchup of the of yesteryear, Cardinals-Cowboys. I was going to uh, say, I bet you just say Cardinals-Cowboys. Yeah, um, it's an old NFC East Where's matchup. Where's it at? It's in Dallas. Um, Cardinals have been good on the road, so I'm taking them. Yeah. Because we picked them to lose to the Colts, so they'll rebound. Yeah. They they need to get back game, a get right game. That'd be their get right yeah. game. And then talk about another tough one to pick. We had we had Packers and Ravens. Now we have Rams at Ravens. Oh wow! It's oh that, Rams and Ravens. Rams and Ravens. It's the extra game. It's the. It's Are the, they going to Baltimore? Yes. Oh wow! <laughs> yeah, big one. I don't know, man. I feel like I feel like if, if Lamar is healthy, that's a very winnable game. Yeah. Um, uh, Lions, Seahawks. Yeah, I pick Baltimore. Lions, okay. Seahawks will beat Detroit. Um, Vikings at Packers. That one came down to the wire in many. I think they win. Packers, because many won the first game. Yeah. yeah, and the Packers will win in Lambeau. And then Monday Night Football, Browns, Steelers. Steelers and, and, have, okay, okay. Before you say this, Big Ben's last game. People were saying this. <laughs> A big shout out to my, my, my very best friend and who, uh, who did the live game with us, uh, Mr. Brandon Halowich. I will be with him in live attendance on Monday night. To oh, watch that Bronson game. got tickets. All right. Uh, no, I, I didn't I, get the tickets. Brandon got well, the tickets. So you have tickets in Brandon. general. But, uh, I want a live update. You need to record something on your phone so we can post well, maybe it. We'll, uh, maybe I'll get Brandon on and we'll, we'll, we'll get something cooking there. But uh, yeah, yeah, uh, yeah we, he uh, he came up clutching. So yes, I, as long as uh, I, I, I maintain a heartbeat and a pulse on the – the third of January, I will be at Heinz Field on Monday night to watch this game. You think you witness a Steeler win over the Browns and Ben's? I'm going to say yes. Game. Okay, a sweep against Cleveland. That's tough now with how good that team is. But I think with a Monday night game, the the eyes and the ears of the world yeah. on Pittsburgh. I think I think they, they and it's a home it's a home game. I think they get it done. 
So plugging all those in, Bronson, not much drama. This segment isn't going as fun as I thought because <laughs> plugging those results in, nothing changed. Chiefs Stay Chargers. with us, guys. We only have one more week. Just don't, don't turn it off now. <laughs> Chiefs, Chargers, Titans. And Frank, if you're really bo- bored about that, you can just skip to the next we're, segment. We're going to next level nerd. We're going deep nerd here. We're, listen, we're, I would, I mean, listen I'm, not, I'm not bashing you because you know I love you. And I love you. You're one of my best <laughs> friends. I love you. But every time after we record these things, Frank like kind of super kind of scolds me on how long it gets. He can't scold me after tonight. <laughs> I'm going pretty quick here. This day, I got the time. This started at 40 minutes. We're 15 minutes in. Um, I'm on. I'm, I'm on week 18. Falcons will beat the Saints at home. Okay. Um, Buffalo beats the Jets. Um, Browns beat the Ravens after losing to the Steelers. Yes. Um, Is that in Cleveland? Yes. Then definitely the Browns, yes. Uh, Green Bay beats Detroit. Yeah. Titans beat Texans. Wait, wait, time out, time out, time out before we start going to these games. Will they have something to play for? Also have to factor in, will these guys have something to play for? So Green looking Bay, at Detroit, it, will they yes. have something to play for? From what I've plugged in, Green Bay will be trying to fend off Arizona for the two seed, okay. um, which would avoid Tampa in the second round. So, okay, so yeah, we have they, to factor they, in how the records right. are if they have something the to point, play for, because backups they, might play. This is why fantasy leagues end earlier than this, because <laughs> um, that, that screwed a lot of people in the past. Frank, I, I got roasted last week because I'm the commissioner of, one of our league, and our first round started last week, and then... Uh, uh, Jonathan Taylor had the Colts of the bye last week, and it was the first round. So, uh, the one guy in our league yeah. didn't have Taylor. Pretty so. late bye weeks in the NFL kind of stinks. Yeah. Yeah. So, he kind of got screwed by not being able to start a starting running back. But continue. I'm sorry. I just want to make sure we knew the caveat before we rolled with those. Rawson, um, you might want to queue up some the breaking news sound. Oh, hold on. Sound. oh no. This is. Hold on, I got it. Give me three. Hold on. Breaking news. Kenny Pickett will not play in the Peach Bowl. Oh wow! And uh, and I and I and I, uh, I think I mentioned it when we talked on the, the live stream that uh, I was completely okay with that if he didn't play. Yeah, me too. Um, a lot of money on the line if he blows out his knee in the Peach Bowl on an AstroTurf field in a game that honestly Pitt season has already been a success. Um, winning the Peach Bowl, I don't think gets them any more money. Or I mean, yeah, it would uh, tie a nice bow onto the season. But the kid can't. I mean, if he blows out his knee, he he foregoes like tens of millions of dollars. Um, if he has a bad game and throws four picks, he possibly fl- slides ten spots in the draft, which is tens of millions well, of were, dollars. So they were saying too that you know where, where he's going to make his bones is at the combine and at the Senior Bowl, and this game isn't going to do anything. It's going to make it. It's not going to increase the stock at all. It's a game that really, at this point, really means not much, if anything at all. No. And Pitt fans, no. I, I, I'm ashamed at you. I'm looking at the comments, and I've been following. I, You know, Bronson and I are both members of that Pitt Facebook group. And all you see in the comments, the weeks leading up to tonight, and now in the post tonight, is people bashing him and saying, why not? He, why isn't he playing? He owes this university. They they made him. You know, he, he wouldn't be here. Like, the kids, think he about He doesn't yourself. owe them anything. Tens, he he has to come back. He didn't no. have to come back. He's set to make tens of millions of dollars, and you could literally blow your knee out on on the first play. Some people said play a half. It could happen on the first play of the game. Like he has now. I don't know why he's playing in the Senior Bowl either because there's no pass rush. You know they he can take. Well, it John Clayton was saying on the on the B team on the ninety three seven that 
that's where that's where because because they get to be with offensive coordinators and uh, NFL offensive coordinators and head coaches. So a lot and, of exposure. Yeah. Yeah. That's that's where he makes so, the money in, in the combine and stuff. But what it but no, Frank, I agree. I mean, anyone who's in an outrage about this, they just need to. You know, yeah. people telling us to get off the lawn, our our old lawn about the Chase Claypool, then they need to get off right. their damn lawn. And yeah, I agree 100%. What right. it does is uh, Nick Patty will get the start. Uh, maybe we'll get to see a couple different guys Davis Bevel, uh, Joey Yellen. Um, yeah. Who's, who's going to take over the reins? They're getting a transfer, Chubba Purdy, it looks like, from Florida State, who's um, with new COVID eligibility rules, should be eligible next fall. He hasn't Hopefully. signed with Pitt. <laughs> Hopefully, he's not the next Max Brown. <laughs> yeah, right. He hasn't signed with Pitt yet, but it's looking like he might choose Pitt. Um, some people thought the Mark Whipple uh, leaving would. Uh, would ruin that, but Chubba Purdy, who was like a former like big four or five star recruit, um, might have might might transfer out of Florida State into Pitt in conference. Um, not that Pitt and Florida State are slated to play for a few no. years. Um, but no, Bronson. Uh, yeah, Good that was for a Nick Patty. He's gonna get a chance. He's gonna yeah. get a big chance here. Good for we've, him. We've uh, we've broke news in our shows a lot lately. This is kind of funny. Um, but um, but no, I, I will wrap this up, Bronson, just to kind of. I'm just teasing you, Frank. Get some, get some laughs, and, and 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 like I just said, in that scenario, final week, Buffalo could take over the AFC East and push the the the, the Patriots to a road wild card playoff game. Um, I think the Vikings will beat the Bears. Um, the football team will beat the Giants. The Eagles will beat the Cowboys, which doesn't. It wouldn't have any effect. The Cowboys would have already clinched the uh, NFC East, so that I would say the Eagles win. Tampa, nothing to play for. Uh, yeah, let me see if they if they lose. It does. That would put Green Bay in the bye. So Tampa's going to have to play every game to fend off Green Bay. Um, it, it it swapped it out if they lost. Um, Cardinals, do they have anything to play for? They don't. So I will say they'll lose to Seattle. Um, and keep yeah. the, and keep the three seed. Well, keep in mind that keep in mind that the the Cardinals had beat Seattle this year already, you know. Yeah. Pew pew, Colt McCoy did that. <laughs> um, Chiefs. Um, let's see if they lose in Denver, that would give the Titans the first round bye. I sound like Chris Hansen. Um, so I love, Chiefs, I love your Chris Hansen. Chris. The Chiefs may have to go all the way to the end to get that bye. Um, Niners and Rams both it would be in the playoffs. Um, Whoever wins that, it would. Um, this would be funny, Bronson. If the Rams win that game, it would set up a rematch the next week. So it would be like Steelers Browns last year. They would wow. literally, they would play the final. So what you're game. saying is it's going to be a really exciting next couple of weeks here. <laughs> um, Chargers Raiders. Let's throw in the Raiders. That would just flip flop the the Chargers and and Patriots seeding. Um, and ladies and gentlemen, under the scenarios we chose. The Steelers, well, Steelers, Ravens, let's see. This is the drama. I need a drum roll. Um, let's just for sake of argument say the Steelers beat the Ravens. I have them winning this game. They, but usually the they, they usually don't sweep Baltimore. It usually goes one and one. The Steelers would not make the playoffs. Uh, the Chargers at 10 and 7 would beat out the 9, 7, and 1 Steelers. And the Chargers have the head-to-head tiebreaker. Let's for sake of argument go back and say the Chargers will lose to Denver. The Pittsburgh Steelers would make the playoffs. So they're going to so, need the Chargers to beat Denver to get into the playoffs. Yeah, well, they need a Charger loss. Um, oh, to Char- H- Chargers have to lose to Denver. They have to lose to Houston, which is unlikely, or to Denver in L.A. So it's going to take a ton of help. We're going to need the Bengals. Yeah. 
So Frank says, this is what's going to happen. This is how the, Steelers... <laughs> the, the path to the way, the, the, the path to the Steelers making it is to finish three and one, only lose in KC, have the Chargers lose uh, twice. So tonight, and they just took the lead. Um, so tonight, uh, and then against Denver is the most likely two. Um, the, the Chargers would also have to lose in Oak uh, in Vegas. So it's not looking good, Bronson. The Chargers have to lose three out of their last four. Um, and the Steelers have to win three out of their last four. Now, the Steelers have another path. It's winning the division. And, you know, the Ravens possibly, let's go back and switch the Rams to beat the Ravens. Um, let's maybe say the Ravens also stub their toe. Um, against the Bengals <laughs> win the AFC North. <laughs> so a couple Raven losses to the, the Packers and the Bengals puts the Bengals in a wild card and the Steelers in the North driver's seat. So I'm telling you folks, I've never seen dumb and dumber, which people find amazing, but I'm telling you there's a chance. <laughs> Hold on. Wait a minute. So you're saying there's a chance. So this is a segment that totally tanked that I thought would be a hit. Um, maybe some of you viewers liked it, and maybe some of you out there are fans of the NFL playoff machine. I have fun with it. I'm always poking around at it, trying to figure out scenarios for the Steelers to make it. I found a couple. I found a wild card scenario. I found an AFC North scenario. Let me know what you think if you play around with it. I hate this. So, Frank, I want to thank you for uh, that, that segment there. And uh, let's give Frank his, uh, his theme music segment. So thank you, Frank, for that segment. <laughs> this has been the NFL playoff machine disaster segment. <laughs> no, no, it was good. I, I actually liked that. Now, like, if I was on the internet pushing that through, I would be excited. But I don't know if it necessarily makes for great podcasting, but that's funny. But no, it, do, it does leave a little bit of a blueprint, like kind of like the Chargers have to kind of lose out. Like the Chargers are going to be the thing. Because Kansas City's probably going to, they're going to make their bones. They're probably going to win the West. So it's going to come down to that. And so, I mean, no, it worked out. But, you know, we just did, what, a, a 20, 30 minute segment of this. And then, of course, Pittsburgh will probably end up losing to Tennessee and just completely, and lose to yeah. Kansas City, just completely bomb everything anyway. So, <laughs> no, Frank, no, it was a great segment. And uh, that's a cool thing. Like I said, I didn't even know that the, the playoff predictor or the playoff thing even existed. So, uh, when we stop recording, I'm probably going to go on there and probably punch some things in, too. That's really cool that they do that. Mm-hmm. Uh, but no, thank you, Frank. Um, Where are we steering this train next? Are we going to – is this a good transition to go into some Formula One? Bronze, I need a break, so. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think I'm going to pick up the uh, – I think I mean, since I'm since I'm like the music guy, you know what? I, you know, eventually, Frank, you know, you know, if we get some sponsorship on board, I've been trying. I was trying to, uh, I was trying to talk to someone who was affiliated with the T box in Elwood. Mm-hmm. I was trying to talk to some of the brain trust behind there to see if they could get on board. I said, hey, maybe we'll go come down and do a show here or something. Yeah, you know. So I'm I'm trying to get us out there. I'm trying to get us the sponsorship. Oh, I'm, I love it. Uh, so uh, I keep saying Vanessa bought. I would do it. Um, Venezi Sporting Goods. Sorry, Vanessa. I, I was, ta- I Vanessa was talking. I was talking. I was talking to her significant other. Actually, if I'm going to yeah. expose who I was talking to. Uh, so Eric's a good dude. I talk to him all the time. So, but now we transition, and I'm going to use the old, uh, the old NBC Sports F1 theme since they don't use F1 anymore. Um, so if you were listening to the the, the, the oh, 
So, if you uh, were watching the live Facebook Steeler watched uh, last week, uh, I spent about like five minutes on my soapbox uh, preaching to everyone. I said, hey, there's no Steeler football on Sunday. There's NFL football, but uh, if you happen to get up early on a Sunday morning, which is very rare because usually people are out, you know, getting turn up or lit or whatever the kids say these days, uh, <laughs> turn it to ESPN because they were going to have the F1 finale. It was going to be – it was on around 8 a.m., Frank. It was on 8 a.m. live. And uh, the finale uh, was um, at the Yaz Marina circuit in uh, uh, Abu Dhabi, the United Arab Emirates. And that was where the F1 season was uh, concluded. I'm going to try to see if I can uh, um, get you bringing some stats here. So points going into the going into the finale. There was a tie between Lewis Hamilton and Max Verstappen. Frank Lewis Hamilton is, I believe, uh, was he the seven-time champion? Um, he's been a juggernaut these past few years with Team uh, Mercedes, uh, and he's been the guy. Um, the only person who really uh, who had really given him any kind of a points, yeah, the finale was tied. Frank, they each had three hundred sixty-nine and a half points. Uh, they were tied going into the finale. Um, yeah, Lewis Hamilton races for Team Ferrari. It's the factory for, for, for Ferrari. Yeah, the Mercedes team, the factory Mercedes teams. Cody and Dalton are going to kill me for saying that. Um, I'm, t- I'm trying to like think about seven things at once here. So Lewis Hamilton's been with uh, Mercedes since the, the really the beginning of the of the the 20 teens. Um, he started with McLaren, the legendary McLaren team, as a young a young driver. Uh, he had some very legendary teammates, Jensen Button, um, Fernando Alonso, a lot of F1 legends there. Um, made his way over to the Mercedes team, teamed up with uh, with uh, German uh, Nico Rosberg. Uh, Nico Rosberg's dad uh, had some F1 pass as well. But, um, did you say Nico, Nico Rocco? Huh? Nico, did you say Nico Rocco? Yeah, Rosberg. <laughs> I'm kidding. Shout out to Nico Rocco. Um, but, um, but no. Lewis had really, Lewis really, since he's been over at Mercedes, the only really te- guy that had been giving him a fight is his teammate Nico Rosberg. Uh, in a very thrilling conclusion, I believe it was in 2016, uh, Lewis Hamilton lost the title to Nico Rosberg. And Rosberg uh, instantly retired after that. He, he had the James Hunt thing, just wanted to win the title one time and just say he was a Formula One world champion. He'll always have that title for the rest of his life. Um, so that led to, you know, basically Lewis needing a new teammate. They brought in Valtteri Bottas, but he's not the driver Nico Rosberg was. So Lewis had to find his competition elsewhere. Ferrari gave him a push uh, when Sebastian Vettel, Frank, the four-time champion, uh, during the early 2000 heydays of Red Bull, uh, joined Ferrari and gave Hamilton a battle. But Hamilton found a way to come out on top every time. And so the the teams kind of refigured themselves as well. And a a young kid, Frank, from uh, um, uh, a young kid uh, named uh, Max Verstappen, the young Dutchman, uh, his dad, Joss Verstappen, uh, raced in the early 2000s in Formula One. So, again, another lineage of F1 drivers. He was on the Red Bull team, and uh, he, him and Lewis Hamilton had probably one of, the, I would say, one of the, the better title battles uh, that I've seen in the history of watching Formula One this year. And they said they're tied, they had that tie going into the final. And so, basically, Frank, with the, with the, with the points tied going into the final race, whoever wins the race, basically, or whoever has the better points finish wins the championship. Um, Lewis Hamilton dominated the entire practice, uh, but it was actually Max Verstappen who uh, w- got the pole there. And, uh, and I know talking about this on a podcast doesn't do it justice. 
go Google the Y A S M A R I N A. Google the Yasmarina Circuit, Frank, in Abu Dhabi, and just look at that thing at night. It's so beautiful. It has a great night skyline there with the with the LED lights and the laser lights, and it's such a beautiful place to end the end the season. And uh, uh, but Max Verstappen ended up getting the pole. Frank, they run different tire compounds. He ran he ran the super softs. Um, they wear out faster, but they have better grip. Uh, and you have to run the, the start of the race with the tire that you that you qualified with. So Verstappen had the pole, but Lewis Hamilton proved he was the faster car over the weekend. And plus, Verstappen was on a tire. The degradation level was a lot quicker. So it would depend on the standing start. And Lewis Hamilton took off, and Frankie dominated mo- pretty much the whole entire race. And then here's where the controversy comes. Um, Lewis Hamilton dominates pretty much the entire race. It looked like Lewis Hamilton's going to be an eight-time champion, you know, set the record, most championships. You know, uh, the the debate's always been whether he's been the best F1 racer of all time or Michael Schumacher, the legendary driver who, who raced for Ferrari most of his career, ended it a little bit with Mercedes there, uh, the, his countryman uh, uh, car brand there. But um, Lewis dominates the entire race till the end. Um and another controversy, as Lewis Hamilton was pulling away from Max Verstappen, he was approaching a lap car, and that lap car was Sergio Perez, the teammate, uh, Max Verstappen's teammate on the Red Bull, the Honda team. And he basically just held Lewis Hamilton up and took all the momentum that Lewis had built, <laughs> pushing Max Verstappen away. He basically was just being a thorn in his side and not letting him get by, and it allowed Max Verstappen to kind of narrow the gap there. But then uh, Nicholas Latifi, the driver of the Williams Mercedes car, uh, wrecked and it, it caused them to have to get a full course uh, uh, safety car. They had to rack the field up. So when they racked the field up, Frank, there actually was like five or so lap cars in between Verstappen and or Hamilton P1 and Verstappen P2. And so um, Red Bull's uh, Red Bull's technical director, the race engineer, the, the guy in charge there, Christian Horner, he um, – he appealed to F1 to make the left cars get out of the way so that he could have, they can have a side-by-side uh, uh, restart against Lewis. Um, and there's no rule book, Frank, that allows this to happen. And Michael Massey's been the target of controversy the last couple of weeks, whereas some races had ended under controversy. He's been kind of known for being soft, Frank, kind of crumbling under the pressure of being the race director of Formula One. And uh, it, it seemed to kind of worked here because he, he pulls the move. He has the lap cars move out of the way to the back of the field allows Hamilton and, and Verstappen to go side-by-side side on a restart. Um, Verstappen with the more the fresher tires, uh, but Verstappen takes off. It was like a one-lap shootout. Verstappen takes off, and then he holds off Hamilton to win his first-ever world championship. I think Max Mass is how much? He's 22 or 23, so he's a very young for a world champion, Frank. So uh, if you are a casual fan, you got a great finish. And now, and maybe uh, the, the now I wouldn't say the passing of the torch because Lewis Hamilton still has a lot of years left, but the the young the young wonderkin from from uh, you know from the Netherlands he's, or the yeah, he's he's the, the 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 flying Dutchman they call him uh, Max Verstappen wins the championship, but not without controversy. And Mercedes and their president Toto Wolff was 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 uh, very <laughs> they're they're pissed off, and they felt that the, the lap car shouldn't have had to move and. And uh, the, the timing of the virtual safety car, um, they tried to appeal to F1 to have this overturned to allow Lewis Hamilton to get that back and to get the spot back and then win the championship. Uh, but Lewis Hamilton, a champion and, and, as a winner and even a champion as a loser because 
he um, he basically all week tried to convince Mercedes to drop the appeal. And as of today, I think they dropped the appeal. So it will be official. We'll not go to the F1, uh, you know, the courts or whatever they decide. Uh, Max Verstappen will be your 2021 F1 world champion. It's going to end under controversy. Um, if you're a casual fan, Frank, and you listen to me and, and tuned in Sunday morning, you had a hell of a finish. But for people who follow the sport for as many years as they have, did not they had a little bit of a bad taste in their mouth how the season ended. Kind of, I wouldn't say like a fluke, Frank, but you know, let's say you 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 worked all you know you worked all year to get to one moment, and it was basically decided on a coin flip, which is what I think a lot of uh, Hamilton fans and 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 Mercedes got there. Um, they felt that Hamilton dominated the race. Um, he should have won the championship running away, but um, uh, obviously some crashes and circumstances with the F1 race director and judgment calling allowed Max Verstappen back in, as did Max Verstappen's teammate holding up Hamilton and took away all that speed. And so a lot of people think it's a gimmick to win for 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 um, Max Verstappen if you're a Mercedes fan. If you're a Red Bull fan and a Verstappen fan, you probably feel like Mercedes and Lewis Hamilton tend to cry too much, and maybe they got a little bit of what they sowed there. And uh, But either way, Verstappen is the champion and uh, should set up for 2022, Frank. Um it, why does why does the U.S. fan care about Formula One? Um, they have a U.S. Grand Prix. I told you earlier in the in the year about how great the, the the race always does in Austin, Texas, at the the Circuit of the Americas. They they uh, shorten it. They call it CODA, you know, the acronym, Circuit of the Americas. But um, the F1 uh, next year, Frank, I don't know if it's twenty two or twenty three, they're going to have a street course in the streets of Miami, and so they they are really they are really looking that there will be a huge outturn, a turnout, not outturn. Uh, down in downtown Miami, and uh, that'll be huge. That's going to be huge. It's racing in the streets of Miami. You get more uh, eyes and ears focused on Formula One. It's a global brand, Frank. And Formula One's only been growing because I don't know if you've ever watched, I don't know if you have Netflix or not. I assumed everyone does at this point, but uh, there's a series on there called F1 Drive to Survive. It's a lot of in depth look about the teams and what goes into the teams and what. Even if you're not a race fan, I highly recommend you watch it. You will be captivated. I know a lot of celebrities have said they liked it. Ellen DeGeneres has become a huge fan of it. She had Daniel Ricciardo on there. He's the driver of the McLaren team. You know, she said now she's kind of captivated by Formula One, having watched the series and what, you know, what all goes into it and the danger of the sport. Um, so, but no, I think, I think a lot of great things are coming for formula one. I don't, I don't think this is the ending that some people wanted to see, but it was an exciting end. If you were the casual fan looking for the fireworks and circumstance, you got it. Uh, some people may not agree with that, but, uh, and the overall spectrum of things, I think it's, it's good. It, the ending probably wasn't what F1 wanted. They wanted to probably have more pure ending, but, um, the sports, the sports climbing back up, and I uh, can't wait to see what happens in 2022, Frank. The cars are going to be entirely different, so Mercedes has dominated for the decade. Uh, who knows that that will continue in, in, you know, with these new cars. It's going to be a, a complete toss-up of who will be the top teams. And so, yeah, I mean, just um, I hope you listen to me and watch the and watch the race. If not, go back on YouTube, watch the highlights, and uh, and then it's always great that they ended it in Abu Dhabi because Abu Dhabi just looks glorious. It looks so beautiful, and it's it's especially if you have like that 4K TV or you have that you know HD TV. It looks it looks great. It really does. And uh, and I just implore you know maybe with these new cars the competition will narrow itself. So maybe when you watch week to week. Um, you know, maybe more young stars are coming, Frank. One quick link before we move on uh, to um, uh, Lewis Hamilton's uh, former teammate, Valtteri Bottas. He's going to the 
uh, Aston Martin team, or not Aston Martin, the uh, the Alfa Romeo team, and a young British kid named George Russell who's been kind of toiling in a a not so productive uh, machine, the Williams McLaren, not Williams McLaren, Williams Mercedes. Williams was kind of a big team in the early 2000s, Frank. They've kind of fallen on tough times in terms of performance. Uh, but George Russell's a hell of a driver, and he filled in for Lewis Hamilton for one race when Lewis had COVID last year, and he did really well. So he's Lewis Hamilton's new teammate. It's uh, a lot of these teams, Frank, like Williams, they're kind of like the under team for Mercedes. You know, like NASCAR has it too. It's like a satellite team where you know a driver develops by by racing on a lesser, a lesser performing team with less resources to kind of get a chance to drive with a bigger team. So that's what George Russell had to go through, and now he'll get a chance to race with Lewis Hamilton and compete for a world championship. And Max Verstappen will get a chance to defend his championship. And uh, so, no, it's, it's nothing nothing but the arrow is trending up for Formula One, and uh, I can't wait to see what happens. Great breakdown, Bronson. Um, I think what you did was maybe get a lot of our listeners um, interested in it and, and to give it a chance. Um, you have to stay on me to get onto it because I haven't been doing my fair share of watching racing. I did. Uh, I tuned in a little bit Sunday morning just to see what the course looked like. I love that there's different. There's not. It's just not a circle. Um, you know, kind of a, a the road a, course. A road course. Um, like you said, Dubai, just a, like another. It's like a futuristic. Um, another planet almost uh, it's it, <laughs> yeah. that, that rich that rich oil money over there has turned that city into like the vegas of the middle east it's uh everything is big and over the top there's there's a lot of golf courses over there that the pga tour goes to and they're just spectacular in the middle of the desert they find a way to water the golf course but yeah they have some of the tallest buildings in the world some of the most innovative engineering it's a it's a great it's a a, 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 a an amazing city visually and to have the the the, the super bowl of formula one there is is definitely great um what 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 i found interesting is the controversy kind of reminded me of the final nascar sprint cup race where the lapped you know one of the guys was lapped and got in denny hamlin's way i don't know i don't remember if that was the final race or one of the final races but remember that controversy where a, a guy didn't know he was a lap penalty and uh and gotten it got in the way of one of the guys leading so it's very funny how you can kind of draw a parallel um, to both of those sports, I know Bronson has done a good job at comparing the two and the you know the pros and cons of both. Yeah. And I don't know which one you like better if you set it on I air. I mean, I've always been said that I think IndyCar is the best racing because I think week by week that there's more guys who have a chance to win. Um, Formula One is the premier of of auto sport in terms of globally. Like Formula One is like the like I would say like NASCAR is like the NFL, but Formula One's like soccer. Yeah, you know what I mean. Yeah. Like mm-hmm. NASCAR is a bigger World deal in the United States, right? But globally, Formula One's the much bigger deal. And it's all and depends on what type of car you like. The NASCAR stock cars, you know, similar to what you and I drive. You know, obviously way more power, but the shape and everything, so you can kind of yeah. relate to that. Because um, it's all about the infield and the partying and the tailgating in America, like you said. Um, yeah. for you, it's and if you if you watched Ricky Bobby, one of my favorite Will Ferrell movies, they kind of chronicle that with John Gerard, the player, um, the the character Sasha Baron Cohen, yeah. comes over from Formula One. He's the pretty boy, you know, and um, tries to make the transition. A lot of guys have made the transition, like the Andrettis, um, have have done both. Uh- Look at this guy. This guy knows racing. Look at this, this guy talk. He knows racing. It's fun yeah, and you're funny you mentioned that because a lot of guys have made the transition. 
Uh, Juan Montoya started started out in uh, in what was known as the Cart Series. That's when the IRL, the Indy Race League, and and IndyCar did a split, the IRL and the Cart Series. Juan Montoya did the Cart Series. He won the championship and the Indianapolis 500 in his first very first year as a rookie. Then raced there a couple of years, went over to Formula One, Frank. Won races in Formula One. Never won a championship, but had many podiums, won in Formula One. And then he made the transition to the to NASCAR. And that was such a huge transition to go from open wheel, like like IndyCar to NASCAR. Only Tony Stewart had done it. And a couple other really good, like the Andretti's, like Mario did a little bit of NASCAR. He dabbled. AJ Foyt dabbled in NASCAR. Mm-hmm. But to make the full switch over. You Tony know who Stewart I want to see do it? Kyle Larson. And that's, I, look at this guy. He, he's the man that drives everything. He's on dirt tracks. He loves racing. That's going to be the next challenge. If in a couple of years, Kyle Larson's dominating the sport, getting bored, he's going to make that jump. Stamp oh that Oh, my one. gosh. This is this guy. He, <laughs> he knows everything here. And I was going to talk about how Tony's been the guy that really makes that switch over. But, um, Frank, there are three guys who have ever won, who won a race in IndyCar, Formula 1, and NASCAR. It was Dan Gurney. Juan Pablo Montoya and Mario Andretti. Only three guys have done that. Trivia question. That's a huge trivia question. And like you said, you just said, you go, you said, hey, what's Kyle Larson in the race the Indianapolis 500? It's like the only thing he hasn't done. (laughs) That's been the the biggest pressure on Kyle Larson because now they want him to do this now. Like, Uh not even just do the IndyCar series, just do the 500 because that's the most prestigious thing in American racing. So I know Kyle feels the pressure and he's been asked about it and he goes, I would love to do it for sure, but it's like, I don't know if it's necessarily on his radar right now, but it's definitely something that he would have to train. I mean, he would definitely have to train and yeah. do so some smaller races. But people like, it's funny you mentioned that. Cause like anyone who's a diehard Kyle Larson, fan I'm wants to in Bronson. I pick things up from you. Yeah. And, <laughs> but, the, but to finalize everything, like if, if you, if you're still listening at this point and want to find a way to, to, to make racing appeal to you for me, the ones like the pomp and circumstance, it's the, it's the upper echelon. It's sophisticated. It's the, it's the sipping tea. And yeah, sipping, <laughs> you know, like the Grand Prix of Monaco on the Memorial Day weekend. They're in yachts in Monaco. Yeah. Like it's it's for it's the aristocratic series. Right. There's a lot of politics in it, which, which can turn people off. But the racing is fantastic. The money that's spent on teams there is outrageous, Frank. Um, it, Michael Andretti's tried to buy his way in. He something happened at the 11th hour, he wasn't able to do so. His goal now is to try to get an F1 team in there to get Colton Herta in there, the uh, uh young star in IndyCar. IndyCar is kind of the next level down in terms of like, um, they they have to spend money too. It's open wheel, but um, it's a little bit affordable if you want to do it in America. And NASCAR's the the of the American Premier Series, like you said, it's stock cars. It's supposed mm-hmm. to be like cars we drive. The yeah. old the old saying that you know the old GMs and the and the Dambler Chryslers and the Fords. The old saying used to be race on race win on Sunday, buy on Monday. That was always the big saying there. Um, and obviously, I'm into the sports car racing. That's a little bit lower. The IMSA series that's owned by NASCAR, and that's an endurance racing with sports cars. Frank, generally, a lot of guys who kind of yeah, who kind of aren't the same guys in NASCAR and, and Formula One and IndyCar. Guys who are kind of, I don't want to say past their prime, but guys who kind of aren't in demand anymore tend to go to the sports car way because like it's, it's still competitive racing. And um, IMSA is a great way for guys who are kind of not kind of not in the game anymore to go down there. And there's also guys, a chance for them to come up through the series, like younger kids, you know. So it's kind of like 
you know, I don't want to rate, I don't want to rate like F1 being better than NASCAR and, and IndyCar being better than NASCAR. It's kind of a different kind of a discipline, but Formula One is the top echelon in, in auto sport. And um, it's, it, but it's not the most popular one in America. It's like I said, it's like, mm-hmm. it's like what the, the English Premier League is probably the biggest league in one of, in the world, but it's not the best league in America. It's the National mm-hmm. Football League. Good it's comparison. not yeah. like that. So, but no, I'll end the segment there. Frank pretty much proved he's smarter than me at motorsports. No. He's talking about Larson over here, so maybe I'll give this over to I've Frank. I've been telling uh, Mrs. Frank, uh, Katie, that uh, a fun a fun thing for you and I to do, because Bronson and I do this podcast, we don't get to hang out really at all, because we live, you know, an hour and a half apart. But yeah. um, I, I would love to go to, you know, when you go to some of those dirt races up in Sharon or Ohio, maybe I'll... Maybe I'll make the trek up to Elwood and, and, and ride shotgun with you if you do drive. that. Or you're South Pittsburgh now, huh? Yeah, I'm in the there's South that, Hills. There's that. Uh, there's that. Uh, it's not a dirt track, but it's a pavement track. There's that Jennerstown Speedways down there. Yeah, it's you like come to me. Yeah. Yeah, there's a Jenner, and I've always wanted to go down there too. It's a. It's like a street stock course. It's it's a NASCAR affiliated race track. It's like the the grassroots of NASCAR. That's kind of down there, where kind of where Frank lives. So, yeah, I would love to get it. And I know I know Frank gets really excited about the Daytona 500. He was really dialed into the uh, the Bristol Dirt Race, which is coming back next year. So, oh, I'm sure he'll want to dive into that too. So, um, I, it's funny you've talked to me about it. I know Gino uh, Gino Bellissimo is texting me. He's like, yo. I think I need to get to, get to one of these. This looks yeah. because I would show him the Snapchat clips of me, at like at you know at a big World of Outlaws you know, sprint car race and things like that. And he goes, "Dude, that looks like a lot of fun." He goes, "Maybe you like let me know sometime when I we can go." Especially I, with the, the fan access you get there, because you're not at uh, Daytona. You know, you're getting up yeah. close. You're, you're here in the cars. You're smelling the dirt. Like, yeah. It, 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 the one thing, at the very least, if I can't sell you on going to a dirt race, I tell the people who love to drink, I go, "You can bring coolers in." Just, That's all just you really need to get <laughs> Kind of like a concert at Star Lake. Yeah, you bring your own. You can bring your own. Don't booth. care about the music. Just go to to party. No, no I no. love that segment, Bronson. That was a great, great job explaining it and and getting our our listeners hopefully interested in, in some racing. Um, yeah, I'm glad I could join the conversation and not sound like no. a total idiot. No, um, you, you nailed it. Especially, <laughs> especially that you mentioned the whole Larson racing Indy, the Indy, Indy 500, because that's literally been like the biggest like wish list of any race fan now, is that they want him to do that next. It's like the only thing. The only thing he hasn't done is when that or and when the Daytona 500. Yeah. So he does that. So other than that, he's done everything there is to do basically. Right. So, Bronson, I think our next segment is um, going to be some NHL, some hockey talk. And that's going to be our final segment of the day. And um, we will have our final thoughts. But uh, we're pretty good on time, an hour and a half in. Um, what we like to do is take a skate around the league, um, check out the standings, um, talk about how our pens are doing. Um, some some big news around the league um, I'll, I'll, I'll lead off with is uh, kind of the COVID outbreak that's that's hit the NHL. And it's kind of hit the whole sporting world. Um, I don't know if it's the Omicron variant, if it's still Delta, whatever, um, but it's it's starting to spread again, starting to get nervous um, that there's going to be a shutdown, which could uh, put the Olympics in jeopardy. Um, we've already seen Calgary and Carolina half their roster um, kind of in the protocol, so they had to postpone games. Um, if if this happens, Bronson, you might have to see that that gap in February um, that they build in for the Olympics um, if they want to play an 82 game season. Um, they might have to forgo the Olympics to, to get in some makeup games. Um, there's rumors out there that they're going to shut down till after Christmas. Um, so like a 10 day pause, 
Um, I really hope that doesn't happen. I want to watch some Penguins hockey. I actually have the next uh, 10 days off um, after tomorrow. Um, I took a little late year vacation. So, I'd, you know, I'd love to watch the Pens during that. Um, so I hope nothing like that happens. They have gone to, to no fans in Montreal. So they've gone back to empty arena there at Bell Center. Um, the rest of Canada has gone back to 50% capacity. Um, it's like bringing back old memories, Bronson. Uh, and you and I were talking off air, like we're not going to get political, but Bronson and I, we both think it's like, it's time to just like power through. And, you know, obviously I'm sensitive to those who have lost loved ones and those who are still dealing with very severe cases of COVID. But um, sometimes the cure is is worse than than, than the problem. And uh, it's going to be hard for the world to go into a shell again um, and, and be a functioning society. So I hope it doesn't get there. Um, I hope the NHL can survive. The NFL can survive. 75 new cases Monday um, reported in the NFL. And like I said, hockey games being canceled. Um, but but I so mean, that's I the, mean, not, to take it, not to take it to like the NFL, but like Kevin Stefanski, the head coach of the Browns. He this is the second time he's had it. He's had both vaccinations and the booster. Yeah. What it's else like are you gonna when, do? Like yeah, yeah, I mean, like what are you gonna do? Like just you know, every time this pops up, go into a hole for two weeks. These know? are all young, healthy guys. You know, they're they're the top shape of 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 their of anybody. They're they're professional athletes. They're beating this virus and they're they're right back at it. So you know, yes, we don't want the t- them to take it home to their wives. Their wives take it home to grandma. And those are the things you have to watch. You kind of have to. Do the quarantining, the distancing. People do got to start, you know, being aware and keep the masks on inside. I'm still for that. Um, and, and I'm still for, you know, staying home more often than not and and distancing when you can. But um, as far as, like, starting to lock down and cancel and close schools and close arenas, like, it's like, let's not, let us not go through this again. I mean, it's COVID-19. It's about to be 2022. This is, like, going on year three of this. It's It's just crazy. But... I mean, other than COVID, Bronson, um, the NHL has been super exciting. Um, you know, well past that quarter point, which is like the big, you know, benchmark. Um, every division has tight races. Uh, wild card spots are tight. Um, our Penguins are right in a wild card spot. You know, without without Crosby most of the year, and and without Malkin losing Rust and Al Gensel, you know, which we touched upon. I think he got hurt the last show. We talked about it. Um, having a you know career year, a hot start, 13 game point streak. They lose him for a couple for a month or so. Um, but no, like my 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 theme to them has been tread water with the stars out, but they've kind of been a little bit better than that. And I kind of backed that comment up and said, you can't go 500. You you got to be a little bit better than 500 to stay in the playoff race. And they are uh, 15, eight and five, which is technically 15 and 13. As Madden would say that those are losses. It's they've really only two games over 500, but you know, you get the extra point, you get the loser point They're They're right there with Columbus and Boston and that Detroit and that wildcard hunt kind of creeping up, trying to, trying to that upper tier in the Metro Carolina, New York and Washington have kind of distanced themselves from the penguins. I don't know with games, you know, they had some games in hand and kind of really the penguins stand six points behind that, that kind of upper tier to get into that uh, non wildcard slot, but they're chugging along penguins. Um, getting contributions from Evan Rodriguez, Danton Heinen, Jeff Carter, guys all having like hot starts, p- potential career years. I love the way Erod's been playing that, the guy that can plug into the Absolutely. top, 
He can plug into the top line when you need him. Uh, Boyle has killed some penalties and contributed a big goal the other night, a, a clapper from the from the top of the circle. Um, the old guy say, saying he still got it. Um, they're rolling four lines. The D's been solid. Jari's been solid. DeSmith even worked in a shutout. So um, excited about the Pens, Bronson. They get back at it tomorrow night against Buffalo. The schedule gets a little easy. I'm not going to you know count my chickens before they hatch, but – uh, Buffalo, Philly, New Jersey, Buffalo again, um, coming up, I think. So it's like, maybe they can stack points here and really, you know, challenge Carolina Rangers, Washington, put some distance in front of Columbus, Boston, Detroit. Um, as we go towards the new year, when you start hearing whispers of Gino being back and maybe Gensel being back, maybe we pop the cork, <laughs> maybe we pop the cork on 2022 and we get a pens game with uh, everybody back and the you know we'll finally see the depth of this team with Carter and Rodriguez moving down to the bottom six and um just spreading that lineup out like we did in 16 with the HBK line um I even like maybe keeping Rodriguez on the top line with Sid and, and allowing that to move like a Zucker down to a third line with Carter it just like makes your third line you know ride Rodriguez while he's hot um it's the whole Jay Hay theory, like whenever Josh Harrison was the greatest bench bench utility player in history, but as soon as he starts, you know, he would kind of go on a slump. BGLP, baseball's greatest living player. <laughs> but um, but will that happen with Rodriguez? Still to be seen. But um, no, they have flexibility. They have depth. Um, they'll be sitting guys like Boyle and Lafferty and O'Connor and Simone. Um, when everybody gets healthy, some of those guys will even have to go to Wilkesbury. Um. So no, Bronson, they've excited me. I haven't, I'll admit, I haven't seen much what's going on around the league. Um, I have the standings in front of me. It looks like um, Colorado is, is really hot. They've won five straight. Nashville's yeah. won five straight. Um, Arizona, Chicago, Seattle, still the basement. Seattle, we all kind of knew. And now they've Chicago's gotten hot. Playing better. Chicago's yeah. been better. Chicago has been better. Flurry has solidified. He got win number 500. Shout out to the flower. Um, yeah. The team, the team honored him in the pregame skate with the flower 500 jerseys. That was a cool moment. Um, Blackhawks. Patrick Watt sent video messages to Mark Andre. That was, that was huge of them. And next up is Patrick uh, or no, uh, Broder. Uh, no, who's first Broder is first. Watt. He could pass. Why he needs 52 wins to pass. Why flower plays two more years. He might sniff that. So yeah. if he does play, he might end up second all time. Um, surprises San Jose has been surprisingly good Anaheim leading the Pacific and they're exciting Bronson. I don't know. I know what you're going to mention. So I I wasn't going to, but just in general, the young Americans, you got the young Americans, Troy Terry and Trevor Zegris guys that you love. Taking yeah. the league by score. Troy Terry has 18 goals quietly um, on <laughs> yeah. the top line. Trevor Zegris, of course, what you alluded to, the 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 flip alley oop pass to Sonny Milano um, behind the net looked like the Michigan lacrosse play, but instead of tucking it in, he flips it up and and yeah. it gets bunted in by Milano, play of the year candidate. John Tortorella on the ESPN pro, uh, broadcast was ripping it, saying it's bad for the game. I was like, and and. Um, Rick DiPietro Bronson, I don't know if you've caught him. Um, really good, really good stuff. Great analyst. Um, he was standing up to Tort saying, Get off my lawn, old man. Like, come on, this is good for the game. Like, so the ESPN, you do have to have ESPN Plus. Um, so I was watching the end of Tampa and LA, and they came on after, and DiPietro and Torts. Um, really, really some fun stuff. Um, I, I finally subscribed to ESPN, the, the, the uh, plus nice. package. So now I finally have it. 
I yeah, do let have me know what now. you think of DiPietro's analyst uh, an, analyst style. But um, yeah, so no, the league is like I said, it's the competitive balance at like an all time high. There's not many teams out of it. Maybe your Ottawa's, your Montreal's, um, shockingly the Islanders. Um, maybe they'll just have like a one year down year and Trotz will figure it out there. And they, they still have a chance this year to catch fire um, with that lockdown defense that they play. Um, they could they could string together some wins as expected. Tampa, Toronto, Florida, you know, near the top of the league, Carolina um, and, and uh, Colorado. Minnesota has surprised um, our guy. Kirill the thrill is a human Kirill highlight. The thrill. Human highlight reel every night. I'm so glad he came over finally from the KHL. Electric player. So much fun to watch. Even Nick Bukestad back in his home state yeah. um, is is starting to find his stride. Never happened here. Um, but, uh, oh, and an, a, a big announcement I can announce. Ben Bishop announced his retirement. Yeah, that was sad. He he tried to make one minor league rehab start, like allowed eight goals and, and, and hung up the skates. Um, goaltending is... In Dallas, they had a a cavalcade uh, of of goaltenders and didn't know what to do um, cap space wise. They, and, then they, and then they sent Anton Kadobin down. They the guy they who took him to the waivers. finals two in, in, the, right. in the 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 quarantine. Yeah, the, the uh, was he, had, he had to clear waivers, and they put out some feelers around the NHL, and they 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 dangled him, and and they got the idea that nobody would claim him so they risked it and they sent him down to texas for a rehab assignment um and because ottinger and holpe have been killing it in net for yep. them I was, and, just gonna, I was just gonna mention uh ottinger and hugh and uh hugh dobin where i mean you may need three goalies with injuries um it's tough for the cap space the sending hugh dobin down allows them to save 1.75 million on the cap um of course playoff time they can kucher off him and bring him up um, cause there's no cap. Um, who's also that's history repeating itself. Kucherov's on long-term IR again. Um, okay, I saw that not to change the subject. Um, I'm sure, no, he'll no, get, I... I'm sure he'll get healthy right around April 1st. Um, but, uh, <laughs> I'm never going to let it go Bronson. Um, I know you're a Cooper guy, but, uh, that's my team, my team circumvent <laughs> and Bronson. I'll tee you up. Cause I know we both love this, um, world junior starting in a week or so. Yes. 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 Cool yes. Yes. From- Logan Cooley from West Mifflin, youngest yeah. player on team, say. Um, exciting. Watch out. If you have NHL Network, they'll have every game. Um, so tune into some World Junior. I believe they're getting their rosters and uniforms in NHL 22. So that will be amazing to play. They they gave us two on Bronson, and I broke this last week, but it's still last year's roster. So you have like Cole Caulfield, Trevor Zegris. Oh, okay. They have to figure out a way to pass through a roster update so that we can play along with the action. So I'll, I'll look forward to that and up, and let you know if they have a, a download. Please do. I bought the yeah. new game on Black Friday, so I have yeah, the new game. Yeah, I knew you got it. So Yeah. No, Bronson, Frank. You, you, yeah, you, you jump you, in and, and let me know no, what you got. You kind of took a lot of the bullets out of my gun there because I was going to talk about Jake Ottinger in Dallas and and hope he kind of find his his way there in Dallas. I thought I feel like the team in Vancouver was kind of the reason that uh, that hope he didn't really have the the, uh, the the defense in front of him minus uh, Quinn Hughes was kind of the reason why his numbers were a little shoddy in uh, in Vancouver. Don't get me wrong, I don't think hope he played his best hockey there last year. Speaking of but... them, how about Boudreaux and Jr. five in a row? Well, we did we did touch a little bit on it during the Facebook right, Live right. watch party. Um, but, but for those who didn't listen to that, yeah. Um, GM, JR, Jim Rutherford now back in, in hockey, he was hired as the 
EV, EVP of hockey or the vice president of hockey operations in Vancouver. So he is the interim general manager. Uh, they are going to find an actual general manager. Um, so uh, uh, GMJR now in Vancouver uh, going to uh, headline the search for a GM there in Vancouver. Uh, Jim Benning, the former Boston assistant, uh, who was the last GM there in Vancouver, was relieved of his duties. Um, Travis Green, Frank, the former uh, Toronto uh, uh, Maple Leaf uh, player who was the coach there, he was let go. You mentioned it. Uh, Barbecue Bruce is back. Bruce Boudreaux, <laughs> former former Capital Duck and Minnesota Wild head coach. Uh, he's coaching the Vancouver Canucks there. And um, what else did I want to mention? Um, yeah, like I said, so Rutherford is the interim GM until he finds a guy to fill that spot, which is kind of funny because a lot of Rutherford's, I guess I want to say his his exit here in Pittsburgh was the fact that Mario and Ron Burkle wanted to put a EVP or a VP of hockey ops in there. This is kind of what teams are starting to do, Frankie. Um, not necessarily. No, yeah. yeah. This kind of started really along the lines of more when Jim Rutherford they call them what they call bump them upstairs, basically. Yeah. Where you're not the GM, but you get you kind of have GM powers in a in a more higher executive position. Other yeah. than GM is the boss. There's mm-hmm. I guess maybe another guy to advise him and 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 keep him on target, or maybe have another voice in the room. Minnesota, you have Bill Guerin, who's the GM there in Minnesota, Frankie, who just who was just announced he's going to be the GM of the Team USA in the Olympics. Uh, because of the Stan Bowman situation right. with all that, um, but uh, I don't know if you saw this the previous off season, this this past off season, Bill Guerin's the GM, but he uh, smartly brought Ray Shiro on as an advisor. So uh, Ray Shiro is kind of the guy. You know, so many Pittsburgh ties to Team USA. I hope we get Gensel and possibly Dumoulin um, as well with that. Yeah, and yeah, so you know, on Team USA and in the Minnesota Wild. Uh, Ray Shiro's there as an advisor to Billy G's there, but but with with Pittsburgh, the rumor was that Rutherford uh, kind of ixnayed. They wanted to bring Dale, a guy like Dale Talon in as a VP of hockey ops. A move that mm. Rutherford really wasn't kind of uh, allegedly. I don't want to. Yeah, you don't want to have a new boss. I get it. Like yeah. So that's kind of why he did the step down thing. And then, of course, what did the Penguins do after that? They brought in Brian Burke as VP of Hockey Ops, then the GM uh, of Ron Hextall. So right. kind of a two, a two. The the really the the, the narrow this down, Frank, into simple talk is that most teams now want like a two headed monster as a, a, in Hockey Ops. They don't want the one guy. They want they want they want a differing opinion in the room. Right. And right. so, the, so Vancouver brings Rutherford uh, back, and and uh, of course, you know Frank and I, we love GMGR. We hope he does a tremendous job in Vancouver, as long as it doesn't impede right. any kind of Pittsburgh uh, success. Right. I mentioned it last show on that stream, Frank. One of the big things that Jim has to really get going there in Vancouver is he's got to get Brock Besser and he's got to get Elias Pettersson going. Those guys have been completely and utterly right. non-performing this year. They've got to get back on track. Um, and and now he has to find a GM. Boudreaux should be a guy that can really get some guys in the gear. He's a he's definitely a uh, he's he's a he's a loud voice in the locker room. He's a he's a he's a rah rah guy. He's a you know he's we've seen him on that twenty four seven series. Frank he doesn't hold he doesn't mince words and he doesn't hold back. So um, I'm sure that you know that'll be a big deal for Vancouver. Um, one thing, another thing we we that slipped through the cracks because I think it happened after the live uh, Facebook live party there. Uh, the Philadelphia Flyers have relieved the late Vigneault of his duties as head coach. Um, Michael Terrian also left with Vigneault 
But my, ironically, Mike Yo stays and is the interim head coach. A lot of people feel this way because the, the GM of the Flyers is Chuck Fletcher, uh, the former Penguins assistant. He was in Minnesota for a while as a GM there before uh, uh, Billy G took over. Uh, and and it's always before. been known that Fletcher is a big Mike Yo guy. So, yeah. so Mikey Yo getting a chance to be a head coach again in the NHL. He's done it, uh, what, what, Minnesota and St. Louis now twice, yeah. you know. Minnesota and St. Louis. So, so Mike Yo is the interim head coach. The Flyers have been obviously going through some stuff. Frank, uh, they're not scoring. Uh, Giroux, those guys aren't getting on the board. Uh, Carter Hart's not necessarily played good hockey either. Um, but no, that's where that's at. And Frank kind of, Frank already kind of took you through the standings a little bit. So I'm always your stats guy and who's leading what. So we'll uh, we'll kick that in, in here, Frankie. And uh, we're gonna go with. Uh, the, the Art Ross race. And don't look now, Frank. There's this guy named Ovechkin who's uh, first right now. And wow. it's kind of going back and forth as the days go by. But Ovechkin, as of right now, has a one-point lead over McDavid. And he's never he's been got, a point guy, just a goal guy. So that's, that's amazing. He's been dishing the assists yeah. out, Frank. So Ovechkin could have more of a player there. He's got 46 points. There's a, two, there's a two-way tie for second between the Edmonton duo of Drysaddle and McDavid. Uh, I mentioned the last show, last podcast too, Frank. Don't look now. Nazem Kadri is fourth in scoring. 37 yeah. points with that hot avalanche team. Steve Stamkos, 34 points. Although that changes tonight, Frank. He scored tonight and scored his 900th point. So mm-hmm. congrats to Stammer on that. Austin Matthews and Artemi Panarin, both with 33 points. And then Kyle Connor, Sebastian Ajo, and the man that we love, Kirill the Thrill, with 32 points there. Going to the R. The R- Russell, we already went to the R. Russell race. Going to the R- Maurice Rocket Richard race, Frankie. Don't look now, but Ovechkin may have the point lead, but he's lost the goal lead. Uh, that's going to Leon Dreisaitl with 23 goals on the year. Oveshkin's got 21 and Austin Matthews with 20. Then we get into the teens, Frank. You just mentioned him. Troy Terry has 18 goals. That puts him that puts him fifth in the race here with Connor fourth. Kyle Connor, formerly of the uh, Youngstown Phantoms League of the USHL. Chris Kreider, Frank, 17 goals for the Rangers. They've been a very tough team to play this year. They've been really good. Uh, Igor Shosturkin's been the story there for the for the Rags there. And Kreider's tied for 17 goals with the guy in Calgary, Frank, we saw a little bit a couple weeks ago. Uh, number 88, Andrew Mangiapan. He's got he's got 17 there. So talking about a guy coming out of, the, out of nowhere to, to kind of grab things there in Calgary. McDavid has 16 goals, as does his uh, former Erie Otter teammate and Bronson Allman favorite, uh, Alex Dabrinkat in, uh, in Chicago. So both of those guys are tied for 16th, so kind of. Warms the cockles of my hearts to see those two uh, otters there together in the standings. And Ajo has 15 to round up there. <clears throat> if there's an assist race, there's a um, it's McDavid, Kadri, and Adam Fox. Um, going to defenseman Frankie, Adam Fox is the leading points. Um, I'm not trying to diminish what Adam Fox brings to the table, and he'll probably definitely be a favorite for Team USA should they go to the Olympics. But I always kind of feel like Adam Fox is more of just an American Eric Carlson. I mean, he's just he's a point guy. He, I mean, he's done some good defensive work too, but he he's not necessarily known for being a stalwart. He's more of a points guy who just plays defense. Um, Victor Hedman, uh, you know, you, you know his his record speaks for itself. Thirty points there. Yossi Roman Yossi with twenty seven. Uh, our boy Frank Kale McCarr with, with with the Avalanche of twenty six. He's tied with Morgan Riley of the of the Maple Leafs. Quinn Hughes, we just mentioned him earlier, Vancouver. He's 25 with John Carlson of the Caps uh, at 25 points apiece there. Aaron Eckblad of Florida of 24. Seth Jones of Chicago with 23. And Alex Petrangelo of the Vegas Golden Knights with 21 points there. 
defenseman goals. Kale McCarr is uh, he's got the end of speed elite here at 13 goals for McCarr. And of course, I don't know if you saw the one where he went coast to coast against Philadelphia. Mm-hmm. Uh, they, the Avs played Philly just recently. Uh, he went coast to coast and uh, scored a beautiful goal. It wasn't necessarily speed, but just the the way he worked his edges and his skating. He just went from behind the net, went coast to coast, and, and buried it in there. So, uh, if you get a chance, check out that uh, that Kale McCarr goal um, uh, against the Flyers. There, another defenseman, Frank, I, that we've been seeing a whole lot of, uh, and not because of his offensive stats, but uh, his. Uh, He's been uh, finding the ire and the the angst and anger of opposing players. That is going to be Jacob Truba, the New York Rangers. He's been the the subject of a few hits this year. He's been catching some. He's been catching some people with their head down, Frankie, and taking them up. I I I didn't have a problem with any of the hits. Uh, the kid in Chicago that that left on a on a shooter, I forget his name. I hope he does. I hope he's doing all right. But um, Jujar Kyra. Jujar Kyra, thank you very much. Um, but uh. Truba is a bad mother, Frankie. <laughs> he is. Uh, he's bringing it this year for the Rangers, and you have him with uh, with Adam Fox there, uh, and then you have Panarin, and then you have uh, Capo Caco, and then you have you know Alexis Lafreniere, and and just all the stars in New York. I mean, and Shosturkin. That's not even talking about their best player, which is which is Igor Shosturkin. Uh, it shows you what's going on there with the Rags, Frankie. Um, Lucas Raymond points lead with Trevor Zegers second. Uh, but in terms of goals, uh, Lucas Raymond has a lead too. So Jonathan Dolan with San Jose. He's a big reason why San Jose has been good, Frankie. Uh, well, um, and uh, Reimer and Net, which I'm going to get to in a second. Mort Sider. So it's been it's been the the, the the Detroit show here with the rookies here. Raymond and Mort Sider with Zegers in there. Obviously, we've told you how good he's done. Um, Dawson Mercer in New Jersey. Um, Tanner Janot in um, Nashville. But no, and then going to the, my my favorite position, Frankie, the goaltenders. You know, you know, I love them. Uh, and three or more games played, your save percentage uh, leader right now is Charlie Lindgren of the St. Louis Blues, another guy who's come out of nowhere uh, for them. Uh, Uko Pekin uh, Lukanen uh, with uh, with Buffalo, and uh, the guy we mentioned earlier in Dallas, Frankie Jake Ottinger, uh, with nine thirty eight save percentage. Uh, Lindgren has nine fifty six and. Uh, Pekka Lukanen, Yuko Pekka Lukanen with 939. Shesterkin there with 937. He's tied with Jack Campbell with the same number. Uh, A guy, um, the guy from Columbus, he's kind of filled the void there with their injuries and goal. Uh, uh, Daniil Tarasov there, he's done well. Uh, As I mentioned, uh, James Reimer. Tristan Jerry, Jerry, (laughs) Tristan Jerry Frank, uh, 934 save percentage for him. Jacob Markstrom's kind of coming down a little bit with that hot start. Uh, no pun intended for the Calgary Flames at 9:33, and um, Johnny Johnny Hockey or not that's Gaudreau, but Johnny Whitehall, Johnny Gibson out of Whitehall, PA in Pittsburgh. Uh, he's had a good year. Those Ducks have had a good year, Frank, and they've been surprisingly uh, and the, the the cream of the crop in the West. But it's it's everyone doing their job. It's Terry. It's Zegras. It's Sonny Milano. It's Cam Fowler. And it's been uh, Johnny Gibson's backup, Anthony Stellaris. He's been he's done well. He's done his part as well. And um, the shutout leaders, uh, Markstrom, Jack Campbell, second. Tristan Jari's tied for second, Frankie, with three shutouts. Campbell, Jari, Sorokin, Samsonoff, all with three. Stolarz, Quick, and your boy Danny Darth Vladar with two shutouts, as is Andre Vasilevsky and UC Saros. So um, let Lindgren's come on the, the border lately, and uh, Tristan Jari Frank is 
is skyrocketing. He is third in the NHL in goals against average. Uh, and he's right behind Jake Ottinger of Dallas. So, and you mentioned how good uh, Holpe's been there for them as well. Um, but the good news, and and maybe you know, we talked about the Penguins' success and and uh, and what what the keys have been. You mentioned Evan Rodriguez, a guy Mike uh, Rupp of the NHL Network and of AT and T Sportsnet Pittsburgh has been really high on. He's been so impressed with uh, with uh, with E Rod. I think we all have been, Frank. And like you mentioned, and we mentioned many episodes before, he's like that Kunitz, the guy that can go up and down the lines and just play with whoever. And one thing that I think that, that Madden and, 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 and Rupp said about uh, Evan Rodriguez that I think is a big factor to this game, Frank, is usually the guys who play with Sid, like your Dominic Simones and your, you know, guys that have played there before, they always have that tendency to kind of, you know what I mean? They always try to defer to Sid. Like they always want to try to force in the puck. And Evan Rodriguez isn't afraid to shoot, and he's not afraid to take control of the puck sometimes. And sometimes the play with Sid, I feel like you kind of need that too. I get it. You want to play with Sid. He's the best in the world. You want to get him the puck. Does Sid with the puck a lot? I'm sh- the puck a lot? I'm sure he does. The same with Mario. When you played with Mario, you, you know, you had your Bob Aries, your Rob Browns, you know, the early 2000s, like your Steve McKenna's, you know, guys like <laughs> guys who necessarily weren't talented, um, you know. The big boy wants the puck, but you also have to be able, you know, maybe maybe deferring to them isn't necessarily the best play either, if you know what the defense gives you. And I think that's one thing about Evan Rodriguez, is he's a guy who's not afraid to shoot, which is what I like about his game. And he's willing to get into the dirty places, and he's willing to to pay the price to score goals. And Mike Rupp even said it. He goes, I don't know if you're going to agree with it. He said, but when everyone gets healthy, even Gensel, he goes, you got to have Evan Rodriguez on that left wing board. You got it on the power play. You got to have him there. He goes, I don't care what you say. You got to have him there. The guys are not afraid to shoot the puck and you got to have him there. But uh, this is all coming back to a head, Frank. Um, But you look at Tristan Jari's numbers and I just read them out to you. That's the big reason why they have been doing so well lately. Tristan Jari has been the man in goal. Casey DeSmith is starting to find a little bit of better luck too. And his starts now. So it's all coming together for Pittsburgh, Frank. Mm -hmm. You just got to take it game by game. Knock on wood. Keep the faith. And, and hope they're hanging around. This this team is still very good. And as you mentioned, it, the, the wrap things up here, you know, they haven't even come close to being a full 100% team. We've seen Gino. He's, he's he, you know, he's making some some strides in, in, in practice in camp or, or his camp, basically. You know, he's kind of starting from scratch there. And, you know, when guys like Rust and guys like uh, Gensel get back in there, we'll be ready to roll, baby. Yeah, really, really good job on uh Finishing what I started with the hockey talk there, Bronson. Everybody loves when you uh, break down the, the the league leaders. I always like to hear. I kind of wait for your segment. I don't even look them up um, to kind of hear. And I was shocked to hear Ovechkin trying to get his first start Ross. I don't think he's ever won that because he's usually just mainly goals. Um, but at, in his later 30s, rounding out his game, he's he's been everything for them. And they got Nicholas Backstrom back. So yeah. that's, that's going to be huge for them as they're already near the top of the standing. So Washington red hot. What I've always said about Ovechkin, and I was telling this to my buddy Mike, I had lunch with him the other day, you know, not necessarily the points, but, you know, just the, the, the goal track that Ovechkin's on, he's a guy that because he's so he's so sturdy and he's a big guy, you know, he always makes a joke that the, the Russian tank doesn't break. You know, he's a guy hitting his mid-30s, Frank, but he's a guy with that size and that sturdiness on the skates and just a, a good mind for the game. He could be like a Mario Lemieux in the early 2000s where he doesn't need the speed or the agility. Right. He just needs to be in the right place. 
And that's why yeah. I think he's a guy who really who, who is a major threat to break the the, the goals record by Gretzky. Even because if it of comes that, to just power play time late in his career, yeah. just throw, throw him on the power play in his office that that circle. You know, yeah, that that's circle. what I mean. He's a guy who who may, who maybe in his later years isn't going to need that speed and agility. He's just going to have that mind and know where to be, and he's going to be a hard guy to knock off the puck. That's, remember that's what all the Yinzers. Remember all the Yinzers that could say like when Mario was like fifty three years old. Bring him back and just throw him on the power play. <laughs> <laughs> he could. No, totally it was funny because like. Do it. It's funny because people have always asked Mary that he's like, no, he's like, I left it. Like I knew I couldn't contribute. Right like, time, I, right. <laughs> but, but I think Alex is different. I think he's a guy that he could go he into his early forties. Like the if he avoids the catastrophic injuries, if right. he can avoid that, that's going to be the thing. He can, he could be like Yags, honestly, Frankie, he could be right. like Yags, you know, maybe not, maybe not, you know, playing on teams he owns in Czechoslovakia until he's like <laughs> pretty much dead. But but no, I I, I I know the Yinzers love that you know you know Ovechkin's the other the other team the rival team's player, but uh, I mean the great eight Ovechkin withstood the test of time and he's such a tremendous athlete and a tremendous hockey player and I want him to break the record and uh, even now like I mean I don't even I don't even bury the guilt anymore I just love watching this guy play hockey. You know what hurt him too, Bronson was the 2012 season that was a lockout, lost yeah. half half and then COVID year. So yeah. he kind of he probably would have about twenty more goals, um, and the O five lockout. I think he probably would have played then too, because he was uh, yeah, because he would have been a rookie. So he, he lost was, an entire he, year. He he was yeah he was the he was probably the only guy in O four that was going to definitely play on opening yeah. night and they've been asleep. Mahomes totally just blew that fourth down. The Chargers and the Chiefs are zero for four combined on third on fourth down today. They're not kicking field goals. Both coaches are idiotic. Like, take the points. Going for the gusto, baby. Mahomes throws this one into the dirt. <clears throat> he had Hartman wide open. But no, Bronson, yeah. He, Ovechkin lost pretty much two full seasons where you're thinking he would be he would be 100 goals almost ahead. Yeah. Um, so well, People yeah, say that about Yager if he had went over to the KHL and took yeah. that money. A couple Imagine Yager's numbers. They'd be right up there if he didn't spend five or six years over there. But, um, yeah, and one and one last thing, Frank, and we're not. I'm gonna switch sports here because I mean it's not on on, on any of our. Uh, you know, you know what? I'll I'll save that for the final thought. The uh, okay. Steph Curry thing. I'll make that part of my final thought. Okay. I already right. have the one thing. I'll make a part of my final thought. So I'm gonna go to mine. Um, we're at the two hour mark. We're pretty much on schedule. Um, I thought we'd be around two. Um, my the, final. The thought. yet as of unsponsored final thought segment. <laughs> Um, so Bronson just kind of spoke last, uh, in hockey talk. So I'll go first. Um, I wanted to go bowling and I talked about, uh, this uh, when we were on the Facebook live and Bronson joked and said, uh, are we heading down to Sims on 18? But, um, <laughs> the college b- football bowl slate gets underway tomorrow. We're recording on Thursday, December 16th. Um, it gets underway on Friday, the 17th with a couple junk, junk bowls. Um, the, um, the Bahamas Bowl, which is crazy. It's in the Bahamas. And then uh, the uh, Tail Greater Cure Bowl. So some of these, have you ever played that game? Is this a bowl or is this fake? Yes. So that's one that would like, I probably would have guessed fake. Um, but it's definitely, a, it's definitely a bowl. So that's that's the double header tomorrow at noon and six. Um, you get to see Coastal Carolina, who flirted with perfection the last couple of years. Um, take the field in that tail greater cure bowl in Orlando. Um, and then, you know, there's a lot of bowls. Like I've always said, there's too many, like a, a 500 team should not be in a bowl. 
um, because it creates some of these kind of ones that are just terrible to watch. But um, there are some ones that stood out to me, Bronson. Um, None of the early bowls are very good. Um, BYU, who was like a top 10 team most of the year, um, they they take the field Saturday um, in the uh, Radiance Technologies Independence Bowl. So that that one. Uh, the Independence Bowl has been around for a, a while. It's kind of prestigious. It's in Shreveport. Um, so you'll see BYU um, take the field. Uh, they're a, one of the top-ranked teams um, getting underway early. A um, couple that I like, Bronson, are um, Oklahoma and Oregon. That's the Alamo Bowl. And these teams are both in the top five at one point this year. Um, fell on hard times late. Um, you know, late conference losses in their um, – you know, conference title games or games that would have clinched a conference title game. Um, they both fall to like the the 14th and 16th ranking. Um, but that's a, a, a marquee matchup. Both both teams with 10 wins in the Alamo Bowl. That game is on my birthday, uh, Wednesday the 28th. There you go. So you watching Bowl. that. Yeah. Um, North Carolina, South Carolina, kind of the border war. Um, they've matched up those teams on the 30th at 11.30 a.m. So wake Ooh. up, have some breakfast, uh, turn on the uh, Duke's Mayo Bowl in, uh, in Charlotte where, where Pitt beat Wake Forest in that uh, Panther Stadium, the, the, the Duke's Mayo Bowl. Um, so that's a great matchup for Charlotte, North Carolina versus South Carolina. Um, of course, um, the, the college football playoff on New Year's Eve, Cincinnati, Alabama, Georgia, Michigan. I chronicled that when Bronson took his uh, – trip to the little boys room on the Facebook live. Um, so I won't go, I, I won't go too well, deep I didn't hear, that. I didn't, I didn't uh, know you did a segment when I went to the bathroom on the, on the ball. Yeah. That's I, before you left, I said, I'll, I'll just keep the, the masses entertained with a little bull talk. Um, and that's when you made did that, you make that predictions. I didn't make, pre- well, I might've said, I, you know, I expect Alabama to beat Cincinnati, but will Cincinnati, yeah. well, will they prove that they belong and hang in there? Um, and then Georgia and Michigan's a, a coin flip, um, you know, two two blue blood programs. Georgia coming off the loss to Alabama, Michigan riding a high, um, you know, after killing Ohio State, killing Iowa. Um, that one could go either way. Um, yeah. Some other fun ones. The Fiesta Bowl has Oklahoma State, Notre Dame. That's a top 10 matchup. Um, the Citrus Bowl has Iowa, Kentucky, a couple kind of Midwestern teams um, that don't play each other really ever. Um, Iowa was ranked number as high as number two this year yeah. um, when they, when they beat Penn state without Sean Clifford, the Rose bowl for the first time ever has Utah, the Utah Utes. So that's, the Utes. uh, they'll take on Ohio state who was kind of that at large, um, new year six team out of the big 10 that, uh, you know, Michigan state, um, Michigan and Ohio state kind of the powerhouses all out of that East division making new year six bowl games. Um, and since I mentioned it, Michigan state will play your Pitt Panthers in the Peach Bowl, one of the other New Year's Six Bowl yeah. games. As I announced, I broke the news. Kenny Pickett will not play. And um, Kenneth Walker III will not play for Michigan State, their best player, uh, their, their running back. So maybe those even out. I tend to think the quarterback's more important. So I, I it's going to be hard for Pitt. Did you, did you read the, the, what Kenny Pickett wrote? I uh, read no, it to you. No, I, it was like a little heartfelt. He took out like a page. <clears throat> Go ahead. Said uh, said to the University of Pittsburgh, thank you for all that you have given me over the past five years. Coach Narduzzi, thank you for being by my side throughout my entire career and teaching me life lessons every step of the way. One of the best moments of my football career was standing on stage with you, the team, and our ACC championship trophy. 
I will never forget our victory and everything it took to get us there. Coach Whipple, I'm so proud to have learned from you. Together we accomplished all of our goals, and I wish you nothing but the best in the future. To my teammates, the memories we have made will last a lifetime. I am thankful for all of the friendships I've made, and I look forward to keeping these bonds as we move on to the next chapter of our lives. To the fans, thank you for all your support and throughout my career. I am incredibly proud to say I was part of the team that brought back another trophy to the City of Champions. With love and gratitude, I have decided to forego the Peach Bowl and begin training for the 2022 NFL Draft. Thank you, Pittsburgh. Kenny Pickett, number eight. Well written, well said, from his heart. And like we touched upon it when I broke the news, how can anybody, you know, rip on this kid for making a, a decision about his future, about his financial future? Um, guy that wants to make as much money as he can while he's young. I don't, I don't blame him at all. Um, so yeah, Bronson, that's the bowl kind of recap. Those are some of the good matchups. Um, Penn State kind of backed into a bowl this year. They went seven and five. They get Arkansas. Um, ranked in the top 25, an eight-win team in the Outback Bowl. That'll be a New Year's Day game at noon. So that'll kind of kick off the New Year's Day Bowl. So kind of some exposure for Penn State there on on national TV, probably ABC. And it looks like ESPN, too. Um, Washington State, Miami interests me. Uh, Wake Forest, who we saw get beat by Pitt, gets Texas A&M, Jimbo Fisher. Um, number one recruiting class for next year for A&M. So yeah. they, look, they look to bounce back. Um, starting with a get off on the right foot and maybe beat Wake in the uh, Gator Bowl. So Wake gets the consolation prize. It's a it's a good bowl. It's the Gator Bowl. It's uh, 11 a.m. another Friday, the, <laughs> New Year's Eve. Wake up and have some breakfast with the Gator Bowl. Wake Forest, Texas A and M, um, Clemson, who we saw kind of take a step back this year and not dominate, um, finish strong. They get to nine wins and get to a top 20 ranking. Uh, they get Iowa State in the Cheez It Bowl. That one is uh, in Orlando. I, f- I think it used to be the Buffalo Wild Wings Bowl. Now it's the Cheez-It Bowl. Um, that's one of the bigger kind of prestige bowl games. Uh, six o'clock on my birthday. Um, West Virginia. <laughs> West Virginia made a bowl at six and six, Bronson. So all the local teams in action. Um, they will be late at night to put a pot of coffee on a 10 p.m. start on Tuesday, the 28th. Uh, the Mountaineers take on Minnesota and PJ Flex Group. Uh, they're um, an eight-win team kind of quietly. They were in the Big Ten west conversation to get to indy uh for most of the year so uh west virginia and minnesota is kind of an interesting one but yeah that's that's the 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 highlights uh a lot of good bowl games i know for me bronson if i'm flipping and see it on um i'll I'll tune into some of the bowls to see these matchups that you don't ever get you know these interconference matchups um kind of some fun ones um i'll definitely be dialed into Pitt, michigan state um, I have a family party on the 30th that I'm going to be kind of watching my watch and saying like, hey, can we can we kind of scoot out of here at seven? Or I might just ask. It's at my uncle. Uh, my uncle probably will let me put on ESPN um, during during the family party. So hopefully I can see the Peach Bowl. Yeah. But uh, but no, a, f- a fun bowl slate, Bronson. And my second topic, and I'll let Hold you on, jump Hold on, before in. you go there. Yeah, go ahead. You missed the bowl of all bowls. Quick Lane Bowl. <laughs> the Quick Lane Bowl. <laughs> Life in Between the fast Nevada lane. And Michigan in Western Michigan. That's one that Pitts Pitch played in that one. Yeah. Monday, Monday at 11 a.m. Yes. Let's sing it. Where's that? Where's it? 
Lock in the quick lane. Ain't sure to use your mind. <laughs> Madden came up with that last year. The year Pitt played. Pitt played in that against Eastern Michigan. Uh, yeah, Madden last came, year. Uh, last, last year. He's the Eagles song. Life in the quick lane. <laughs> so, yeah, yeah. So Nevada and, and Western Michigan, who beat Pittsburgh, uh, one of the one of Pitt's few losses this year. They will play in, in the quick lane bowl. That's Monday, December twenty seventh at eleven a.m. So there you go. So that's it, Frank. I had to make it. Yeah. I had to make a little cheat there at the quick so, lane bowl. I'm a Ford guy, so I have to support that. Quick lane is a is a division of the Ford Motor Company. They're playing at Ford Field. Right. So so I'm a Ford guy. So I'm not making fun of it. Uh, maybe they can send me a hat or something as a, as a token of their goodwill. But continue on, Frank. So my second topic is the Pitt women's volleyball team, and this has been a team that has. Uh, for the last couple of years, gone risen to national prominence, top top ten rankings, um, even got to number one for a stretch last year. Um, they have made a run in the March Madness of the women's volleyball tournament, which goes on now. Um, they are in the final four. So mad props to um, Coach Fisher and his his uh, Lady Panthers. Um, they it's actually right now breaking. Uh, they are playing in the final four in the first set against Nebraska. It's a tight. First set pits up seven five, um, I believe it's first to twenty five um, in a best of five set. So it's kind of like tennis scoring. Um, you just, uh, so pits early on in the first set. It just got underway. Um, a shocker in the first semifinal. Number one unbeaten Louisville went down. Um, they had beaten Pitt twice this year. I believe they're two of Pitt's three losses. Uh, Pitt's at thirty and three, and uh, Louisville was thirty two and zero. And they got shocked by Wisconsin in the first semifinal. So they await the winner of Pitt, Nebraska. Um, will it be an all red and white Big Ten final, or will it be Pitt against uh, Wisconsin um, for, for for all the marbles on uh, I believe Saturday night? Um, so it's on ESPN now, right on the the main ESPN. Good exposure. Um, and the finals, I think, as well, will be on ESPN Saturday night. So rooting for the Panthers to get it done here in the best of five. It's probably going to go till past my bedtime. It's probably going to be on till around one in the morning, unless the Panthers can uh, sweep it three sets to love, which I'm hoping for. But, um, you know, I can't say that I followed it all year, but it's something that I'm rooting for just as a Pitt fan. Heather likes on board. They they sent the team, the team bus off. Um, with a bunch of fanfare, cheerleaders, and fans. So, you know, a sport that's not really a big dollar sport, you know, not a revenue driver. Um, it was good to see them get support uh, up in Oakland um, by the Pitt community and the Pitt fans. It looks like a pretty big crowd on hand. Uh, a lot of Pitt fans traveled well. Um, so, yeah, it's great exposure. Pitt athletics are really on the rise. We're seeing what the football team's doing. Um, we won't talk, you know, basketball has some work to do. Um, the baseball team flirted with the college world series last year. They, they had a really hot start and faded at the end. They almost still got an at large bid, which I don't, you know, they haven't been, uh, good since Jason Conti was manning uh, center field in the mid nineties. I was just going to say, um, I said, but, a guy named Conti <laughs> was there. That was the last time they were that good. And then after him, Ben Copeland was a guy that really yeah. carried that program. I think he made it close to the majors as well. And didn't, now there's didn't, didn't what's his name play there too? Um, I want to say was it Sean Conley, the guy from Blackhawk, the kid from sure. Blackhawk? He was there for they, a while. There they have three or four in the majors now. Um, yeah. T.J. Zoith, a pitcher for the Blue Jays and Cardinals. Um, they've had a, a few break into the majors, which is really cool. But um, so yeah, the baseball team's doing better. The women's softball team's pretty good. Um, the move to the ACC has really helped the other sports. 
um, get exposure in some of the the soccer. Men's soccer was ranked yes. number one in the nation. They made the Elite Eight this year after last year making the, I think, this, the Final Four. So you're talking about Final Fours, Elite Eights, um, volleyball, soccer. Um, you know, soccer is a southern sport. Getting to the ACC has really helped that program. I don't think they had a soccer program maybe 10, 15 years ago. So really just on the rise. Heather Like. I hope she doesn't leave for a bigger school because she has really done great things. The facilities are improving. Recruiting is improving. Attendance is improving. Um, so thumbs up to Pitt's athletic program, and in, in particular, the women's volleyball team. Congratulations. Even if it ends tonight, I'm, I'm not going to predict that. I hope they win um, a, a, a successful season no matter what happens tonight. But let's get it done, Lady Panthers. Um, we want to see you on Saturday night in the final in the, in the championship match against Wisconsin. Um, you're really making everybody and every Pitt fan and every Pittsburgher proud. So that's my final thought. No, it's fun. And, and, and actually, you're going to kind of trans – I was listening to you talking about, you know, Pitt, you know, all these sports that Pitt's benefiting with. That we we had talked about what a couple episodes ago or maybe even last month about Robert Morris University losing their hockey program and now the bid to try to save it and Derek Schooley who's trying to he's basically uh in they were supposed the to announce tonight. Did you hear anything? Huh? They were supposed to announce tonight if it's uh dead or not. Uh, I did not see that honestly. So I'm, I'm gonna go check tonight, that well. Tonight was the deadline. Well, I was gonna say because I'd talked to um people with um the no about what would happen if Robert Morris said no to the the hockey program, and I'm just gonna look and see if there anything had come up here. They, they were showing that they were three hundred thousand dollars short of their mark, and I was hoping for like a last minute uh, anonymous donor, like a Maria Lemieux or something. <laughs> Yeah, there's nothing. I, I don't see anything right now. Somebody should try to get LeBron to donate 300k. He's now got Pittsburgh ties. Yeah, I'm not seeing anything. Um, that's 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 um. They raised like over two million dollars, and they 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 were coming just short. Yeah. They, they so had, so basically, the reason why I was saying this, Frank, is because um, uh, they you know, they had that uh, that charity thing at the Lemieux Complex, you know, with the old yeah. hockey players and stuff to try to make it, save it. And it's funny because actually it is kind of being spearheaded by Ryan Malone, uh, you know. So he's he's been kind of it's been him, it's been ex you know NHL players, it's been ex players who've been trying to put this money in mostly, and obviously the donation from people who want RMU hockey to still keep going. But you know, you know, guys like Malone and Kennedy and 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 Colby Armstrong and things like that. But from what I heard, from what I was telling, this is a couple weeks ago I heard, you know, Robert Morris is the number one priority to, to get this program back up there, you know, uh, the, the the prestige of the Division One program there and to get it back on. But I did hear from people with close ties to Ryan Malone that if this this thing hits and it doesn't go, Frank, um, then Bugsy's going to take this money and go somewhere else. Does he go to, you know, a Duquesne? Does he go? And I thought about this, Frank, you mentioned a couple – I think we, we talked about it as like a, a cloud dream there about a month ago. Does he go to Pitt and said, here's the money. Let's get the, let's, you know, they have hockey programs for their club sports. Does he take the money to Pitt and say, let's make this thing a, a D one thing, you know, try to make this work. You know, I don't, you know, yeah. it, it, you know, could it be, you know, or might, or might, or might it be like, you know, might it be a, a, a Duquesne, might it be a, a Cal U, might it be a, uh, you know, I said, you know, just because we're both alums at Slippery Rock University, you know, but but from what I've heard, the close ties to Malone, if RMU doesn't bite on this, 
that they are they're just taking this money somewhere else and another school is going to benefit from having this to, to have a hockey program but you know i definitely want robert morris to have the number one priority to, to keep this program going but i know frank frank and i would be if if if, if that can't be saved and i want it to be saved and I know Frank and I would be kind of gleaming with a chance to maybe have pit hockey one day. <laughs> but no, I, I, I just heard you mention that, and I wanted to mention that for sure. Um, two things, Frank. Um, I'm not a big NBA guy, but I, you know, I follow the, the key players, the stars. And um, I just wanted to um, acknowledge um, and a big congrats to uh, the multiple-time NBA champion, Steph Curry, uh, with his 2,974th three-pointer, he now surpasses the greatest of all time, shooter of all time, Ray Allen, a.k.a. Jesus Shuttlesworth, you know, from He Got Game. You know, mm-hmm. got a little shot there, too. Um, as he's now the, the greatest shooter of all time, Frankie. I mean, it, it just, in terms of pure stats, you know, that's one thing I loved about basketball. You know, obviously, I was a big Shaquille O'Neal guy. When I played elementary basketball, I used to do the moves and try to imitate Shaq. But I love the big the shooters of our game. You know, you know your Larry Birds. I have you know because he he was born in Aliquippa. I got like Pete Maravich, Pistol Pete, um, guys like them. You know your college shooters like you know Jimmer Fredette was awesome. You know uh, JJ Redick will forever go down as one of my favorite shooters. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know Duke. But I remember as a kid knowing the greatness that was uh, Reggie Miller and Ray Allen. Those guys could knock a shot down, you know, from the top of the rafters, it seemed like. And then when Steph Curry came in, you kind of figured that one day this might be coming. Uh, but it did come to a head the other night. Uh, Ray Allen was in attendance. Ten years after, you, you mentioned this we recording, ten years after he passed Reggie Miller to be the greatest shooter of all time. And now Steph Curry now passes the great Jesus Shuttlesworth. Ray Allen, the multiple-time champion himself. Um, and uh, so, yeah, so congrats to Steph Curry. That, I think it's a huge record, and that's it, nothing to, 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 to scoff at. And uh, and I love watching him take shots. He's, like, he's going to, like, you know, second-level, you know, decks and stuff at the arena and, like, heaved basketballs, and they went in and stuff. So uh, it's always fun to watch him do those warm-up shots and things like that. So congrats to Steph Curry, man. The greatest shooter of our time. He uh, he gave the ball to his dad, Del Curry. So you know, so his dad has possession of the of the, of the actual ball he shot it with. And um, I'm sure we'll see where he goes through with this year, and see if uh, they they got anything for the Lakers and they got anything for the West there. So stay tuned. The NBA. I'm trying to pretend like I know anything about the NBA. <laughs> Maybe we should bring people on who know about the NBA. Um, Frank, you pay attention a little a little bit, but um, but no. Congrats again to Steph Curry. A tremendous accomplishment. Into my uh, my real reason why I wanted to, to do my final thoughts. Um, a couple years ago, Frank, um, you know, the one thing that separates other sports and their their I guess decision makers, the NFL has what the competition committee meetings and they go down to Florida and all those things. And you know, a lot of guys in charge of the competition committee are, are, are well, they have the owners meeting and they have the coaches. But that competition committee meeting isn't always a coach. And I know the Steelers are always represented by Tomlin. But, like, Dallas has Jerry Jones and, you know, like – and I don't think Jeff Fisher still was involved in that even though he's not even employed by an NFL. I think he's I think he's with the league. He's not even with the team, but he's in the league. So I got, like, Jeff Fisher's in there too. So you have different voices in that room, and they have the ability to make rules or change rules. And I'm sure Belichick's in there too. But it's not just coaches. It's GMs. It's owners. It's players. Um <laughs> And everyone has their say in this. 
Well, the NHL, I mean, the owners have their say, but these rules are always usually pretty determined by the GMs in the NHL. And not, you know, listen, a GM is like one of the, like a dream job. That'd be cool. I'd love to, be, I would love to be an NHL GM. I'm sure you would too. Mm-hmm. And it's like the thing we get to do on NHL the video games, but like you would love to have that job. But sometimes, you know, a lot of the GMs in the league are kind of, you know, are kind of, you know, guys that maybe, I'm not saying the game's passed them by, and I'm certainly not going to compare him to John Tortorella, you know, what he thought about the, the Zegris and uh, Milano goal. But a lot of those guys don't like, you know, the, the fancy schmancy scales stuff and, uh, all those gimmicky things and things like that. So one thing, Frank, when the new NHL came back was we had the four on four overtime, which we'd always had had. We'd always had the four on four overtime, but you had it for five minutes and they called it a tie, right? If there was no mm-hmm. one scored. So when we brought back the new NHL when the lockout ended in the two thousands, we introduced the thing called shootouts, and it was to bring the casual fan in as well because you get to see you know breathtaking goals and amazing you know amazing highlight kind of plays there. One on one shooter versus defense or goal attender. Well, then we got around the last the last lockout, which was what the early 2000s, 2012, 2013. And then we uh you know, you know, we had almost 10 years of the sh- of the shootout era, a little, a little less than 10 years of that. And the GMs didn't like that. They didn't like that a lot of games are being decided by shootout, way more than they were comfortable with with having. And so that's when the rules came that they that we would do an overtime, a five minute overtime of three on three hockey. And so the intention of three on three hockey, Frank, was the and you know this, I'm not telling you anything you don't already know. And no, uh, shout out to Sean O'Hare, RIP. Um, was that this would create scoring? This would this would end games more three on three, and we would not have to go to shootouts. Now, if you want to look at the numbers, I don't have them in front of me. You know, maybe that's on me for not doing so. But I think in terms of what they wanted it for things not to go into the shootout, it has it to an extent done its job. But I remember this broke, and I remember listening to Mark Madden on the X, and he said, "Why this? Why this will not? Why this has a chance to stink?" is that coaches will game plan around it. It mm-hmm. won't be this wide-open three-on-three hockey that we think they're going to see. Coaches are going to game plan defenses and systems and schemes and traps and just and just play the numbers and play low-risk hockey. And I figured he was right, but I guess I had to see it on the ice to truly believe it. And that's what we're seeing, Frank, the last couple of years. It's like it's like you want to go to a shootout because not necessarily you don't want to see a game in an overtime, but it's like it's like, you know, a game's decided because a guy tripped on the ice and fell, or, you know, like lost an edge and fell or whatever. Yeah. And teams scheme, you know, they do those things where they bring the guys in three on three, and then each guy takes a turn jumping over the bench, and they just swirl back around and swirl yeah. back around. And, Frank, it's not entertaining hockey. You know, they, they claim that the shootout is a gimmick, and it's not real hockey. I can't tell how anyone can sit here and tell me that three on three overtime hockey is real hockey. If you have a problem with it, please comment. Please debate me. Please talk to me about this because I'll have a conversation with you. I never understood why people think this three-on-three hockey is so great. Now, if you if you want to if you want to trade chance for chance and go for the gusto both ways, some people will say that's not great hockey either. But at least it's exciting hockey, and it's like I'd rather have that. I'd rather have like almost no defense and those guys trading chances, like uh, the Calgary Pittsburgh game a couple weeks ago. You had that. They were going like two on one back and forth, like. That kind of three-on-three three I don't mind. But then, yeah, like, you know, they played the Rangers a while back ago, maybe last year. <coughs> Excuse me. And, 
and you know every guy's just taking the puck and dragging it back behind their net and doing changes and then mm-hmm. you try to enter the zone if it if it locks up you just roll back and throw the puck back to the other guy and mm-hmm. then you try it again and then you throw the puck back and throw it back the other time and you just you, and now you're just retreating in your own zone looking for a breakdown it's just it's so horrible man if you're going to do that if you're going to do that then just get rid of the shootouts and bring ties back you know what I, mean? I don't want that to happen but it's just it's just disgusting it was fine with four and four, and then bring it, then bring in the shootout, and because it's the three and three is not hockey. It's just you know, it's just like you're you're just depending on someone to fall. You know, maybe this is the equivalent of Frank of like you know what some people are trying to want to do in baseball and do the, uh, you know, the the extra innings with the runner already mm-hmm. on base. You know, I don't like that either, but I get it. You know, it ends games quicker, but I, I just the more I watch it, the more I can't stand it. If more overtimes were like that Pittsburgh Calgary one and, and, and the settling up in, in Alberta, I'd be fine with that. But they aren't. They're they're always like, you know, it's the low risk, the lo, the low risk play. It's like swinging it back around and and then you know the only time you maybe get a you know electrical play is a you know if a guy you know takes a penalty to go on a power play. But we got to find a way to maybe try to maybe Frank try to find a happy medium here. You know, I know that one of the proposals before this came through was like to have four on four, then three on three, then the shootout. Mm-hmm. I, I remember that. Yeah, I mean, just I just don't like the three on three. I mean, do four on four in the shootout and work. If it's more and more games go to a shootout, then that's fine because at least it was real hockey for the overtime, the four on four. And it's like it's 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 I don't get how they understand that three on three hockey is just as gimmicky, if not more gimmicky than the shootout. Now, Ross, and I kind of. Uh... Agree with a little bit of that, but I do. I will say that I I do find myself entertained a lot of the times when you do see the two on ones, and you mentioned that um, when you see just up and down action when both teams actually yeah. buy in and, and go for it. But there are teams that are just gonna. I can't stand when a team is in the in the O zone and and retreats, and yeah. you're you're seeing guys, um, you're you're seeing um, players throw it back to their goalie. Like, because they don't have any other Pittsburgh option. Pittsburgh did that too. Right. They did it it's, like, one time. Yeah. It's, it's an extra defenseman, kind of. Um, and you are seeing kind of like a stalemate sometimes. And let, let, like, let's just like, it's like a three-man weave in basketball. It's just like a, yeah. a rotation. And a lot of the times you'll see games where neither team goes for it. But a handful of times when it does, it is really exciting. Um, when, when you have the two on ones, the two on ones, the two on ones, but like you said, it isn't real hockey. And I mean, at this point you see 60 minutes of real hockey and just to decide the winner, um, I guess changing the rules isn't crazy because you had 60 minutes to win it for real. And now it's just, I'm, I'm with you though. I'm, I'm for just bringing back ties. Um, I'm, I'm kind of for. But I find the shootout fun as well, so it's tough, but it's gimmicky. Um, five, ten minutes of four on four, and then a tie. Um, they'll yeah. they'll never go for that because of player safety. But um, yeah, I, I'm with you. They they have to revisit it and figure something out, and and maybe even some type of rule against that weaving. But yeah, that's what I mean. I mean, I'm not trying to say that like, all of it's bad. I just I just as in terms of every sport. We always have the scheme. We always have the coach. You know, you know, left wing lock trap. Mm-hmm. He said, you know, you know, somebody trap, you figures know. it out. <laughs> yeah, it's like, oh, hey, let's just retreat in our zone. You know, the one three one. Remember Guy Boucher and the one three one, the Tampa yeah, Cooper yeah. out there. Yeah, I mean, it's just it's unreal, man. But 
I mean, I, I'd like to try to find a happy medium that maybe we have more, or maybe <laughs> you can't you can't penalize coaches for 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 game planning the way that we don't like, but it it, it just like, they shouldn't be allowed to do that. Like it's just, just like just go for it, you know. It's you know it's too, you know maybe it may be like you know let's say that if you're Washington, maybe you do kind of run that style if you're allowed to be let because you know, you have a guy like T.J. Oshie. You know if it goes to a shootout, <laughs> you got your ace in the hole there. But uh, but no, I I totally I I just wish that the three hockey was more entertaining and not people just trying to play keep away and and, and then just trying to milk the clock down. So uh, that's where we're at. Um, and since Frank opened the show, I can close the show. Last time we recorded an episode, I had some uh, cold and throat uh, demons I was dealing with. Uh, I did not have COVID, so don't worry about that. <laughs> but um, uh, maybe I'll try a different ending today, Frank. When we did the live the live uh, uh, game last week. We didn't do the goodbye and good night. I did the. I, I stole another thing from wrestling. I stole. There's a tag team in AEW called FTR. Frank used to be called the Revival in WWE. Um, Dax Harwood and Cash Wheeler. And every time they they finish a promo, they go top guys out. And I like that. And I I actually used that last week. So nice. Maybe what maybe while Kenny Omega is uh, 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 nursing his sore uh, shoulder, uh, maybe we'll use a different ending here until we can find an, an original one. So. I'm done rambling. We we're hitting the eleven o'clock mark here. This is actually earlier than we've ended podcasts in the past. So I'm happy about that. So just another th- thanks to Justin, thanks to Nico for Next Level Nerd for allowing us on their on their platforms. Um, thank you guys. Um, thanks to Frank. Thanks to his wife Katie, who who may have the most monumental task of trying to edit this show together tonight. <laughs> um, thanks to my thanks to all of you for tuning in and to Frank for uh, doing this with me. You know, almost every week. Mm-hmm. I would maybe like to try to get a show next week. Just do a, a light show before Christmas. Maybe have like a yeah. Christmas thing. We don't have to go too deep into the woods um, and and do a long show. But maybe do like a Christmas thing or maybe a reflection on 2021 as a whole, and yeah. then kind of make it like a wrap up show. And maybe only do like an hour or something, and okay. and then send everyone off in 2021 that way. Come back in with uh with 2022. So, um. Frank sounds like he's okay with that right now, but we'll yeah. we'll, uh, we'll get we'll get See the official one out there. Uh, probably may do it earlier in the week than we normally do. That way, you know, with Christmas coming up on the weekends there, or Kwanzaa, or Hanukkah, or whatever you celebrate. Right. Um, but um, but no, that's about good. For, that's about good. And we'll uh, we'll probably see you at some point next week in a more of a a condensed, lighter show. So, thank you guys as always. If you're still hanging out with us, we appreciate you, and you, and uh, the love's right back at you. Uh, thanks to Frank, Mrs. Frank, Katie, uh, Justin, Nico, and uh, everyone that makes this possible and for our equipment for actually working this week. Um, for Frank, I am Bronson Allman. No goodbye or good night. <laughs> Top guys, out. Out. Football, football, tennis, hockey. Throw me the baseball. Now toss me the pigskin. Now feed me the rock. Now give me the rock.